0: Well, I, I look, I'm not allowed to get into particular as the rules of the House are until we actually release the transcript when we're doing a deposition. And that's what this was, because Hunter Biden was under subpoena. We can't get into the details. I will. I can say this, though. We have numerous other witnesses who said things that directly contradict uh, the testimony we received from Hunter Biden today. And we have evidence that contradicts what he uh, what he said today. But we have to wait until the transcript is made public.
1: So, first of all, I never said that there was not racism in America. There absolutely absolutely. absolutely is racism in America. I said that America was not a racist country. And the whole point of that is, and Charles, you'll appreciate this. When I grew up, the only Indian family in a small rural southern town, we weren't white enough to be white. We weren't black enough to be black. They didn't know who we were, what we were, or why we were there. If my mom had told me that we lived in a racist country, I would have grown up never thinking I could be governor, never thinking I could be ambassador, never thinking I could run for president. But my mom always said, your job is not to show them how you're different. Your job is to show them how you're similar. And it's amazing how that lesson on the playground played throughout my life, whether it was the corporate world, as governor, as ambassador, that once I was ever presented with a challenge. If I first talked about the things we had in common, people would let their guard down and then we could go towards a solution. Are
2: you ready? News Talk 1110 993 WBT. So that was uh, obviously Jim Jordan. And then of course, uh, we had uh, Nikki Haley who's still running for president, by the way. Some people say she's an election denier. I, I, I don't. I don't know that. She's also saying she's not racist. And she's um, selling that message all around the country. 704-570-1110. Good to be with you. President Trump and President Biden are at the border, two different locations. President uh, Biden has decided he was going to make his way down to uh, the the very southern tip of the state of Texas, uh, where there really is. There's nobody nobody crossing at this stage of the game. And uh, Donald Trump has gone to where some of the biggest caravans have come across. Uh, up there near near Del Rio, Eagle Pass, etc. And and this is a very interesting dichotomy because this is the first time I have seen Joe Biden try to draft off of Donald Trump. It means that Joe Biden is terrified of what is coming next. He is if you think about all the chainsaws he is juggling and dropping simultaneously. Um, You're looking at a a failed attempt to fund the uh, the Ukraine package. You're looking at a failed attempt to hold sway of any kind to look relevant of any possible way uh, with uh, Bibi Netanyahu and, and the Israeli forces. And now all of a sudden he gets religion and decides he has to go to the border. But he goes the exact same day that Donald Trump is down at the border. And Donald Trump is where the action is. Donald Trump is where the action is. Joe Biden is just standing around looking at a couple of things and hoping that he's going to get ice cream. Maybe some Dulce, uh, Dulce Leche, you know, maybe he'll get some Dulce Leche ice cream. I mean, it's delicious. I, I don't I would recommend him not go across the border. That's 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 not a very safe area that we're talking about. But they are so tone deaf in this White House right now. I have to give you a clip. This is cut number 30. You have a vice president. You may not have heard of her before. Her name is Kamala Harris. She's the Vice President of the United States. And the not a week removed from the murder from from, from the murder of, of, of Larkin Riley, um, she is celebrating progressive prosecutors who don't put people in jail. Cut number thirty.
3: Having progressive prosecutors, for example. Who can show what is possible and then show that it works and show that, frankly, it's not contrary at all to public safety. In fact, it is a better way. It is a very effective way, among other ways, to achieve public
2: safety. She, she doesn't believe what she's saying. It is another way. It is the most effective way. It is another way to actually get better public safety. Fewer cops are, are better for public safety. Do you buy that for a minute? You don't buy that for a minute. You, you, you probably, when you get out there shopping for a home because you want to get out of the big bad cities, you're, you're probably going, okay, where can I go where the police are allowed to arrest people? It's probably South Carolina or, or Monroe. But this is, this is an incredibly unbelievable state of affairs that you are seeing play out here. You, this, this beautiful young college student murdered. By the way, she called 911. So she knew something was up. And of course, it was too late. And she was permanently disfigured uh, from blunt force trauma. One can only imagine what this beast did to this young woman. And you think about that beautiful young girl, 22 years old, the future of a lifetime in front of her, Committed to serving other people, and Joe Biden had to import this guy into the country. He had to bring him into the country to do the murdering. I guess that others wouldn't do. I, this is such a disgusting and disgraceful thing. And I'm telling you, as a as a father, as a father with two uh, older children, it makes my blood boil. They should have gone to that to that meetup with that Nudnik mayor yesterday. And pulled him outside and sat him on the curb and allow the, the people in that community to tell them what they really thought about him. But unfortunately, you have to remember one of the one of the baseline realities in America and in the Western world. You know what it is? Young life is cheap. Female life is the cheapest. Uh, look at all these women that get abducted and disappear. Look at all these women that get raped and assaulted. Look at all these women that do these 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 things that are supposed to be normal, going out and running and spending time with your friends and driving home and doing all that sort of stuff. But you have predators. You have predators. Predators that are reminiscent in some ways of people who are related to the Bidens. Hunter Biden was using... Um, you know, transnational sex uh, uh, services. And I'm not saying he's a murderer. He's certainly not been accused of that, or, or, or do I think he is? But the fact of the matter is, we don't have a respect for female life in this country. We, we just don't. We just, they, they get murdered, and then you don't, you don't ever think about it or hear about it again. You, you doubt me? How about Kate Steinle getting shot on the pier in uh, San Francisco? Nobody cared about that. That, that, that guy that murdered her shooting the gun barely got any jail time. And Kamala Harris, by the way, your Kamala Harris was the DA and then was the AG of the state of California. She didn't do jack diddly or squat. You want to find out about Kamala Harris and how little she regards human life? Go and look for the Bologna story where MS-13 massacred a family at, a, uh, at an intersection in broad daylight in San Francisco, and she did not push for the death penalty. That's what you have, leading your country. Have you had enough yet? Seriously. You can vent your spleen to me today, if you wish. Have you had enough of the lawlessness? Have you had enough of the illegal aliens coming into the country and committing crimes and not being held to account? And you're the one who's supposed to provide them with shelter and food and opportunity and your tax dollars. When you get home at night and you open up that tax bill that comes in and you owe ten, twenty thousand dollars 20000 where's that money going to go when you pay that ten or $20,000? It's either going to go to the Euchres in Ukraine or, or it's going to go to... Uh, the, uh, the NGOs sponsored by Jorge Soros. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Every time I hear that song, I think a coach like doing layups. Because he said that that's what he used to play when it would be warming up. Let's go out and talk to Lisa first off. Lisa, welcome to the program.
4: Hi, how are you today?
2: I'm well. Thank you for calling.
4: Good. Before I say what I wanted to talk about, about Kamala, let me just say that it's wonderful to have listen to you on the radio. I've missed Rush Limbaugh so long (laughs) and for such a long time. We all have. Me too. You guys here on this station, you do such a good job.
2: Thank you. You're very kind. Thank you for that. I appreciate that.
4: Um, I wanted to mention my favorite Kamala Harris story, okay. and I only say favorite because it's just the most horrific, horrid thing you've ever heard in your entire life. I don't know if all of your listeners realize that she was the DA in San Francisco, or sicko, like you said. Yes. I really like that. <laughs> yeah, at a time where um, there was a young man who recorded some abortion clinic operators mm-hmm. celebrating... Um, how much money they were making off the baby parts. And they were out to a lunch with wine and all that and talking about where well, they're going to take their new trip and their new Mercedes and do this and that and the other thing because they're going to get, you know, 10000 for a heart and 5000 for a brain. And it was the most nauseating, horrific thing I had ever witnessed in my entire life, other than maybe watching movies about stuff that happened during the Holocaust. And the reason I share this story is this was her absolute pet thing to make sure that this young man ended up in prison for a very long time, where he still sits today. Um, If I had my notes next to me, unfortunately, I don't, I'd be able to tell you his name and exactly when all this happened. But uh, it was absolutely the most horrible thing you ever saw in your entire life. You could see them on the video. But anyway, for recording them, he got put into prison, I think it's 15 years. He's going to be sitting there. Um, What they were doing not only was illegal in the whole country, even in California, to sell baby parts and to make all that money under the table and all that, um, they literally of course, didn't get in any trouble whatsoever uh, whatsoever because everyone, especially in San Francisco, um, worships at the altar of, you know, baby sacrifice. So it's all good in the hood. They're all celebrating and driving their Mercedes and sending their kids to the best colleges and doing all that on the blood of babies, and Kamala is incredibly proud of that. For that reason and that reason only, the thought of her becoming anything, Especially President of the United States, is so horrifying to me. Yeah. I I don't even know if I've been able to describe how
2: horrifying. So so I what am. so what you're talking about is it's David DeLayden was the person who That's was right. involved David with this. DeLayden, and it's very interesting yeah. because if you were to go, you I don't mean you, you specifically, but if people were to go yeah. and look this up, say on on Snopes, they would be like, oh, it's not true, it's not true at all. No, actually, uh, he, 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 they true. they prosecuted him, and he is he yeah. is yeah. in trouble because he he did these things, and and the fact of the matter is. Um, if if you're proud of, I mean, if you're proud of of that sort of approach, then she should be willing to, you know, to to be willing to talk about it and ex- explain yeah. why you know why this stuff was going on here. Uh, and 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 look, this is. I, I I'm not a am a man. I'm not a woman, obviously. And and, and, uh, and I'm happy to be well, uh, half, the, a male. half
4: the babies that are aborted are men. So I right. Think you have right.
2: Right. To so but my them. point is but my point is my point is mm-hmm. they seem to run back to the abortion issue at every turn. And of course they do. all that happened was that the powers were devolved to the states to make the rules. So like Gavin Newsom. Right. And 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 crazy Andrew Cuomo once upon a time, you know, Andrew Cuomo was was, was championing, you know, up to the moment of birth uh, abortions, and Gavin Newsom oh. has said has said the same thing. So they should be allowed to stand there and articulate those positions because uh, it's a barbaric, uh, it's a barbaric uh, uh, rebuttal. And it's horrific. And and th- but that's all Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris. Right. Kamala Harris has two things that made her famous. Num- number one. Number one, having a tantrum uh, in the run up to the confirmation hearing for Brett Kavanaugh. Right. Right. Number two, number two, anything involving the cover ups of crimes and things like that in the state of California, because she believes at her root, she's not a law and order person at all at her root. She believes that people have a right to do what they want to do, regardless of consequences. And that's and and, and the proof is in the pudding. The proof is in the pudding because you're seeing it. You're you're seeing it uh, all around that state. Thank you for the call. You're very kind, Lisa. You're very nice uh, for supporting us on the station. But here's the thing we have to understand. There's a right to you. You have a right to go get an abortion in a state that allows it to happen. If you are in a state that does not allow it to happen, then my my opinion, uh, you know, unsolicited for, for you would be to try to go convince people to allow it. Or go to a different state. Uh, th- those those sorts of things. And I'm not going to I don't want to turn this into an abortion debate issue, because I, I, I think that they are using that issue uh, to try to dodge, to be honest with you, to try to dodge what's going on with the border. They would much rather talk about abortion. Joe Biden would much rather talk about abortion and transgender uh, issues and things like that than talk about. Um, the, the, the murders of people who have died at the hands of, of people who should not have been in the country, who should not have been in the country. And I got to tell you, I, I think the American people see this and, and understand what's at stake here, but yet you'll have Rachel Maddow go on MSNBC last night and, and freak out that the Supreme Court is going to adjudicate a decision about whether or not Donald Trump is is going to um, be, be eligible to run for the for the presidency of the United States. They decided last night that what they wanted to do was hear this case about presidential immunity. And it's because it will affect all presidencies. Right. It'll, it'll affect a, a second Donald Trump presidency. It will certainly affect a second Joe Biden presidency. It will certainly uh, affect a, a, a I mean, let's be honest, President Swalwell, President Shifty Schiff. Uh, President, uh, 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 President Pritzker, uh, uh, President, you just President Haley. Uh, It will affect all of these people who get their turn in line to to become the president of the United States. And so, Rachel Maddow came out today and effectively, or last night and effectively, said the problem with this decision is 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 absolutely clear and apparent that Donald Trump does not deserve due process. And so to. To cap it off last night, you had a a, a wacky judge in in Illinois who who was appointed by a Democrat or elected by a Democrat who decided that she was going to knock Donald Trump off that ballot. I got to tell you, I don't think it's going to be successful. I think when you heard uh, uh, Judge Jackson uh, talking about this, she made it abundantly clear that that that's that's really not what the language says when it comes to. Uh, declaring Donald Trump an, an, an insurrectionist. And, and he, was not, he has not been charged with insurrection. Like the very first thing that Joe Biden could have done is he could have gone over to Murky Garland and said, hey, can you stop harassing all the Catholics just for about a week and, and prosecute Donald Trump as an insurrectionist? Why would Murky Garland not want to prosecute Donald Trump as an insurrectionist? Murky Garland was almost a Supreme Court justice. I think it's because he understood that that's not a winning argument. And so what we have is drama, We have drama and we have drama and we have drama. But I'm going to rock their world when we come back. I'm going to rock their world. When you hear this voter panel that was conducted just this morning on ABC News, I got access to it, your mind will be blown News Talk 1110 993 WBT it is the Brent Witterbull show 7045701110 later on in the program we got a a new friend of the show who's going to come by Jen Stevens she's with folds of honor and then i am so excited in the third hour of the show somebody who i haven't talked to in a really long time and he is a tremendous democrat i'm serious he's we are we are good friends and he is a Democrat, and he is Rick Unger, and he's going to come by, and I want to get his perspective on what the heck is going on with the uh, with the White House over there. Um, it's 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 going to be a phenomenal phenomenal uh, uh, couple of hours in front of us, and then you're going to have break and Brett Jensen with the uh, cigar uh, get together uh, taking place tonight. I think starts at, was it starting at six? Starts at six? Is that what it is? Yeah, starts at six. So we uh, we will be on the air until seven o'clock. Seven o four five seven zero eleven ten. ABC. Did a voter panel with four African American people, four black people, uh, on this panel, and this this issue came up about Donald Trump saying that black voters feel a kinship with him because he's been so persecuted, so persecuted. That's that's what Donald Trump said. In fact, you'll hear the clip in the in the piece that I that I pulled, but it's the opinions that folks have about him that I think is absolutely fascinating, cut number 29.
5: Thank you all so much for joining us. Uh, The Federation just responded, uh, saying in part, Black Americans are waking up to the reality that the Democratic Party has taken advantage of them, and the media and the party are terrified. Our community supports the policies of President Donald J. Trump and knows full well that life was better four years ago under his administration. No amount of media deception or liberal race baiting will sway the minds of Black voters who will cast their ballots this November for safer streets, a better financial well being, a secure border, and a complete rejection of Joe Biden's disastrous tenure. So you all were all there. Uh, a quick show of hands. Do you believe his comments were in any way racist?
2: No
6: hands.
5: Nobody. OK, Adul, uh, what were your thoughts that night uh, when you heard these comments during the event?
6: It's about time
7: that somebody started telling the truth. I mean, he's only speaking to what some black folks have experienced for a very long time, which is a disastrous justice systems in many cases. And ultimately, we can all see this playing out right in front of our very eyes. I didn't, I wasn't offended or didn't feel like anything he said was racist in any way.
5: Uh, Former President Trump also made a statement about his mugshot taken as part of his Georgia case. Let's take a
8: listen to that. And... You know who embraced it more than anybody else? The black population. It's incredible. You see black people walking around with my mugshot. You know, they do shirts, and they sell them for $19 a piece.
5: Kevin, Tia, I want to bring you in here. Do you feel that that comment was in any way off color?
2: Not at all. I mean, you know, the reality is, is that, uh,
7: you know, we see a president that has been prosecuted and persecuted. And a lot of people in the community, especially in the Black community, who have felt that there's multi tiers of justice, are seeing that played out in front of their very eyes, and they're saying, "Yeah, I can relate to this guy. This guy is going through some things that either myself or my family have gone through, and this is a very relatable moment for a lot of people." So, seeing this mugshot as a you know, as a you know, big you know, to the to the media and to the uh, political uh, pundits
9: is, it's a big deal, and it, it really does resonate within uh, within the community.
5: Tia, wanna get your your comments there.
3: Well, no, no, I agree, especially coming from an education perspective. You know, he didn't say, if you're not black, you're not black if you don't vote for me. You know, he was just stating the truth, and that's what sometimes we need to hear. For too long in politics, we've been lied to him, and we need to hear the truth and have someone that we can relate to. Me personally, I don't think that's necessarily um, relating to blackness, but I do think that a lot of black people have gone through um, the criminal justice system and it has been unfair to them, and I think that's what he was saying.
5: Uh, Adul, you've said that that you focus more on Trump's policies than what he actually says, but as uh, we saw when he was president, his words do have tremendous power, even fluctuating in the stock market just minutes after he'd speak. Do you think that his words shouldn't matter?
7: His words absolutely do matter. And I'm less concerned with something said in jest. And I'm more concerned with the fact that we had a president who actually took on criminal justice reform with the First Step Act. And unlike the Biden administration and the Democrats, he set forth a platinum plan for black economic
2: empowerment. So that that is a a long segment of, of what was running on the ABC News feed earlier today. I was watching it. And the thing that is so interesting about what we're seeing here is the, the fact that people are returning back to the issues of immigration and to the economy. People want to be able to go on vacation. People want to be able to start businesses. People want to do these things. And what you've had for the last three years was top-down Mandates you must buy an electric car. We're going to take your water heater. We're going to take your your uh your indoor stove. We're going to take your air conditioning and make it do something else. And you must buy these electric vehicles. The electric vehicles are not selling. I mean, when's the last time in your in your circle of people, and maybe maybe you're you're higher end than 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 a lot of the regular folks, but. When's the last time you saw someone come rolling in with a, with a brand new hundred and fifty thousand dollar electric vehicle? I mean, it's not practical. You saw what happens when it gets cold; the batteries get eaten alive. I mean, this this is fine if you want to go out in, into that business, but you want to know what the big tell is on on the failure of the electric vehicle? Apple stopped developing their electric vehicle. Do, do you think that Elon Musk probably popped? A, a, a few dozen bottles of champagne when that happened. When he realized he's not going to be knocking heads with Apple, and Apple wants to just do the, do, do the thing with the uh, with the goggles, not the Googles, the goggles, and so. Um, these are folks that are sitting there answering these questions uh, about what what it matters to, to them. And what matters to them is the stuff that was actually achieved, not the outrage machine that's out there. I mean, you, you just heard these these panelists talk about this. Give me have cut number 30 again. Listen, to, listen to the vapid take that Kamala Harris has at the beginning of this hour that we played. Having uh, progressive prosecutors, for example,
3: who can show what is possible And then show that it works and show that frankly it's not contrary at all to public safety. In fact, it is a better way, it is a very effective way,
2: among other ways, to achieve public safety. So the first step act was was one of those big reforms that Trump did fairly early on, and that was to get people out of jail to get them second chances to get those sorts of things. And when we come up in the beginning of the next hour, okay, so in about fifteen minutes, John Kennedy attended a hearing about the First Step Act. And like every other appointee that you see in this administration, um, you're going to be frightened when you realize what the Biden administration did with the First Step Act. Uh, their, their, Their first step was probably the last step for safety in the country. And what do you have from Kamala Harris? You have Kamala Harris, Vice President Harris, coming out and saying, we, we, we can have progressive prosecutors. And when we do have the progressive prosecutors, we can show you that the progressive prosecutors are progressive and can get things done. Are, are your streets safer? Is your border more secure? I mean, I, it's great that she's got these slogans. I mean, the sloganeering is really top notch. But but I, I think that the people who are talking to the voter panel are much more likely to be focused on the issues that affect them most directly. Crime, mostly perpetrated by progressive prosecutors, and, and, and economic opportunity. And the big overarching theme Leave us alone. Stop it. That should be the slogan for the for the campaign going all the way to 2020 uh 4 in November. Leave us alone. Stop it. <music> News Talk 1110 993 WBT. Why why am I bringing on the heartbreak? Am I bringing on the heartbreak? Holy cow, what did I do? News Talk 1110 993 WBT. Uh all right, here here we go. This is this is something that I think is a uh, very 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 interesting. Former Biden aide paid Fannie Willis's deputy D.A. Jeff DeSantis one hundred and thirty one thousand dollars in twenty twenty three. Ah, The connections get deeper and thicker and it's just it's unbelievable what's going on here. Democrat operative and Fulton County's district attorney Jeff DeSantis, no relation to the governor of Florida, received four payments totaling $131,335 for providing consulting services to Representative Gabriel Amo, Democrat of Rhode Island, a former Biden White House aide who worked with local elected officials, according to the Federal Election Commission records. The money flow is significant because sources with direct knowledge of Fulton County's office told Breitbart's Breitbart News that DeSantis is a Biden plant inside a Fulton County office to target former President Trump. His job is to stay in there and help manage the prosecution at the state level. Well, that's a whole new kettle of fish, isn't it? DeSantis payments. Well, they were previously unreported. DeSantis, again, not Ron DeSantis. We're talking about a guy Uh, Named DeSantis, who is working with Fannie Willis. No relation. DeSantis was working at county DA's office while operating a consulting firm named 2020 Insights, LLC. It's also curious that DeSantis contracted with Representative Amo who worked in the Biden administration as the deputy director of the White House Office of Intergovernmental Affairs before running for Congress in 2023. There, he worked as the principal liaison to mayors and, quote, local elected officials. So he's been sent out on a hunting mission. He's been sent out on a hunting mission, and, and this is how they're keeping the cover on it. That is the connection to the White House. He worked as the principal liaison to mayors and local elected officials. That's the connection to the White House, one source told Breitbart News. DeSantis did this. He's the one. He's the one pulling all the strings. He was the one that walled her, Willis, off. He was even in a very important meeting and is the brainchild behind all of this. This sounds exactly like what Barack Hussein Obama and Joe Hussein Biden did um, when they were surveilling Trump in the run-up to the election. Remember, they were, they were uh, unmasking people. You had, you had a number of big swinging people inside the administration who, who were involved with this. Susan Rice, who was supposed to be the vice president of, of, of the United States, but at the last second, they did the switcheroo and gave you Kamala Harris. This guy, this guy is going to get pulled up into the, uh, into the congressional hearings and this thing. And I'll tell you what, depending on where this money is coming from, this is a big deal. We don't know where this money is coming from. You see, you, you, you have to understand that there is such a thing as incompetence and there is such a thing as maliciousness. But if you've got malicious incompetence, you've got a real crisis on your hands. And, and and this is so dollar store low budget when you think about the way they tried to pull this thing off. This is going to be this is going to be round two of the investigation. This is going to be round two of the investigation coming out of the Congress. So stay stay tuned to that. See these stories are all emerging breaking stories that you're way ahead of with your friends. Okay, they, they'll they'll you'll you'll see Jesse Waters will talk about this two nights from tonight. And, and somebody else will do something on Newsmax with it. But we dig up those. The, we dig up these stories that are relevant that you got to you got to remember that you heard here first. Chicago cop is suing to change his race after the department permits gender changes. Hold on. Chicago police officer Muhammad Youssef sued the city for the right to change his race on official forms after the department announced officers could freely adjust their legal genders to match their chosen identities. Yusuf is 43 years old and identifies as Egyptian and African-American, but the department prohibited the change from Caucasian. According to the New York post, the officer argued that by forbidding the change, he was being denied opportunities for professional advancement. Yusuf, Alleged that officials within the department overlooked him as a candidate for promotion due to his current, quote, Caucasian designation. So they're mis. What do they Would they call that misracing? Would that be he's being misraced? Mis-ra- mis Would it be mis. It's not misgender. Misgender is gender. Miss misidentifying. Miss. It's got to be mis-ra- misraised. Misracing. Misracing. I don't know what I don't know what the term would be. Purposely mis... I that's a wow. We're kind, we're kind of in a checkmate status here. Like with, with with the I don't know what you would call that. Misogyny? No, misogyny is when you're, you're fooling around with a lot of people. Is that misogyny? I mean, if you're a vicious man, if you're an ugly man, a, a mean man who treats women horribly and that's misogyny. So you have misogyny. You have misgendering. Misracializing. I mean, I don't know. Misracing. I don't know. I, I don't know what what do we, we have to we, you know what we're gonna we're gonna do a deep dive into this. It's it's important to, to to look at this sort of stuff. The officer argued that by forbidding the change, he was denied opportunities for pro, for professional advancement. So he wants to um, he wants to change his his uh, he he wants to change his race. He identifies as a different race. Well, that's going to get Rachel Dole was all off the hook. You, did you see what she's doing lately? Have you seen, have you seen lately what she's doing? Okay, but you, you're, are you aware, aware of yeah. what, is, what is happening with her? Yeah, yeah that's. Uh, I don't understand why we're doing that. If only. If only fans. Uh, he also claimed... That minority candidates are benefiting from the promotion system. So I don't know. I don't know what you would be. So here, here here's here's his issue. Okay, the issue that this guy is raising is this. He started as a police officer with the Chicago PD 20 years ago. The legal designations for race in 2004 included only Caucasian, black and Hispanic. Today, there are nine designations, including black or African-American, Hispanic or Latino, white, American Indian or Alaska Native, Native Hawaiian or Pacific Islander, two or more races, or I choose not to disclose. He chose Caucasian, and the department now bars any officers from changing their race due to the blanket prohibition. So, okay, so he had a chance 20 years ago when there were only three choices, and he chose Caucasian, and now he's saying he thinks he needs to do one of the other ones. Why? Well, here's what's fascinating. Yusuf claimed officials told him to produce a DNA test before being allowed to change his race. He complied, and he produced the results of a 23andMe test. The department did not take this into account. And it says it's not possible to change the official record. Well, you asked him for DNA. You asked him for DNA. I mean, holy, holy on! What are we going to do now? According to Yusuf's lawsuit, the department position that the um, that says that the uh, racial identity is immutable, contradicts contemporary understandings of race as fluid and complex social constructs. Wow. See, this is what happens. This is what happens when you decide you're going to go down that road. And then now you're going down that road. But they're trying to tell you that there's off ramps you can't take. I can't take these off ramps. So what do we do? I don't know. We got another great hour straight ahead, though. John Kennedy, senator from Louisiana. Wait till you hear this. News Talk, 1110-993-WBT. It is the Brett Witterbull show. Oh, they brought Caitlin Collinson on CNN because she's going to be doing dueling presidents. This is going to be fascinating, I'm sure. So what are you thinking about the safety and security of your communities? You're probably thinking about this on an increasing basis, given a number of the challenges that we're facing all around this country. Our telephone number, by the way, I want to invite you to be a part of the discussion. 704-570-1110. Later this hour, Jen... Stevens is going to be joining us from Folds of Honor. We've got a a great conversation that's going to come from that. But John Kennedy, John Kennedy from Louisiana, was at a hearing yesterday. The hearing was involving the Bureau of Prisons and how they manage releases of inmates to get back out in in accordance with the First Step Act. And the First Step Act was passed by... Donald Trump with the Congress. And um, it was an effort to try to, you know, release people um, and, and see if they would end up recidivizing, right? If they would commit crimes again. And many, many people have been very successful getting out of prison, getting that second chance. But we don't know how effective it's been. We just don't know. John Kennedy had about all he could stand and he couldn't stand no more. Here's John Kennedy trying to elicit information from the uh, the director of the Bureau of Prisons.
0: All right. So you've released 30,000 criminals under the First Step Act. Okay. and how many of them when you went before you released them, did you contact any of their victims to say we're about to let
10: this guy out? Uh, Senator, it's my understanding that that notification happens through the U.S. Attorney's Office, but I will check into that and get back to you. You don't know, Senator, I don't.
0: Have you followed up with the U.S. attorneys to say, do you have a system to say, hey, we're about to let this guy out. Would you, you know, want to be sure the victim's
10: contacted? As a former victim's advocate, I share that value that victim notification should happen. I'll check on the process. But you don't know if it's happening. That's correct, Senator. Wow.
0: Okay. Of the 30,000 criminals you led free, how many of them have come back? have committed a crime again, hurt somebody else.
10: So that number is one that we're still looking at um, as it relates to the recidivism rate for those that were released on the First Step Act.
0: You don't have any idea? No, Senator. You don't have anybody at the Bureau that can count?
10: I do not have that number in front of me.
0: So let me get this straight. The First Step Act was passed in 2018. This is 2024. Am I right so far? That's correct. That's six years. And in six years, you've let 30,000 criminals go, right? That's correct. And you don't have the slightest idea how many of them committed another crime and came back?
10: I don't have that number in front of me
0: today, And you sir. run the Bureau of Prisons? That's correct. And how many employees do you have? About
10: 40,000 employees.
0: Oh, my God. You said we were told that, that it would save money and it would be in the interest of public safety to release criminals from prison. I didn't vote for it, but... the the majority rules and so Congress did it and Ms. Peters director Peters at the Bureau of Prisons and her colleagues released 30,000 criminals all of whom are there for a reason okay They, they didn't just go to prison for a free free toaster they were there for a reason and so her department let them go and after six years we don't have the slightest idea Not a single one of the 40,000 of her employees know how many have committed a second crime and come back. So how the hell are we supposed to figure out whether it worked? People ought to hide their head in a bag, director. You can't come here in front of this Congress and answer that question.
2: I I say it all the time. He, He should be the vice president of the United States because it would be phenomenal. It would be phenomenal radio and television. But this is what happens with programs. Like, programs in the government. Uh, we let 30,000 out. How many of them got in trouble again? I don't have that number. How many people work for you? 40,000 people. And he says, OMG. I, I mean, I'm all about second chances. I really am. I'm about second chances. I'm about, you, you, you amend your life. You do the right things. You're doing all the stuff that you need to do. Great. But we have to know how many failed and maybe we can learn from the failures and we can say oh, okay okay this guy he was a safe cracker and then he found more lucrative work in as a hitman or something like I mean what, what are we what are we what are we what are we doing here I, I i don't understand it this is this is i say it all the time folks i say it constantly the the system Failing? It's the system failing. I don't have the answer to that. I don't know. Uh, how many student loans have we forgiven? How much people have people been getting from the student loan bailout? Oh well, hundred and fifty billion. Yeah, but each person, how much have they have they actually gotten uh, in that regard? How much have we sent to Ukraine? How much of that stuff is still over in Ukraine? How much of that stuff walked off the lot? How mu- I mean, this is this is. They'll just tell you the system failed and it's nobody's fault. It's just circumstance. It's just circumstance. Jackie, welcome to the program. What's on your mind, Jackie?
11: Hey buddy, how you doing, man? I'm well, thanks. I'm well. Thanks. Hey, I just I was uh, catching up on the uh, a little while ago when you were, the, the, the racial discussion was going on. Yes. And I, I've called and mentioned this before, but, you know, if we are in a racist country, man, we are so obsessed with racial identity. I know.
2: I know. What, what, are, what are you doing to um, turn that tide, by the way, on your personal level? Like, what are you actually out there doing uh, uh, rather than, you know, pointing out the fact every two weeks that, that people talk about race?
11: Oh, I, I, in my personal life, I've tried to take the fo- focus off race, off, off people in my personal how so? life.
2: How so? How so? You how, 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 are you, how are you manifesting that?
11: By by not lumping people in a a group based on their race. That's a great idea.
2: That's a great idea, yeah. and and so when, when when affirmative action went into uh, uh, effect back in the day, you you had people segmented out by groups. So I'm glad that you finally decided you wanted to become a conservative, and uh, and encourage people to, to to look at the content of people's character. Um, you know, hey, don't, I, I don't wish I you wish I had comments. answers for you. Don't, what what other topics am I not supposed to talk don't, about? Don't call me a conservative. Oh, no, I know no, you're no, not. not. Oh there. boy, you're, you you are this there. guy. Just I'm from there. listening to you, I know for a fact not, you are I'm you're one of them ant- yeah you're one of them anti-fi activists or something like that right yeah, i'm kidding i'm no, kidding i'm, I'm no, joking, that, I'm, I'm, just, joking. I'm, just, I'm just that's a joke i'm
11: just jackie man i'm just Jackie. you are jackie like, oh
2: you're just be. jackie okay so here's the question that's, what are you doing what are you doing to change the narrative
11: uh, like i said in my personal life i am changing that narrative i am mm-hmm. not concerned mm-hmm. overly concerned with racial identity
2: that, that, know, that's great like, that's great what what race are you I'm African American. Okay, that is great. That is great. So you're not focusing on race in any way, shape, or form. Uh, I, I I don't focus on it. I was talking about a Chicago cop that's trying to change his race. I just think that's kind of an odd an odd play to go with. So I mean, that's yeah. you know, it's it's it, This is this is the world in which we, we live, my friend.
11: But but unfortunately, it is. And how how do we get this behind us? Why do we have to identify? everything in a racial aspect i, mean,
2: I have I no idea job, I, I wish
11: I, I, I go apply for a job i go apply for a job today they're going to want to know what race i am well there you go, if I go to my bank right if I go to my bank and apply for a line of credit yeah somewhere along the line they're going to ask me to identify
2: myself from a racial they, they, right and do you know why do you know why you have to answer those questions i can tell you exactly what it's government regulation sure i mean and that's and that's but, the, but, but, that's the unfortunate but, nature but. of the game
11: but unfortunately, but unfortunately, we do it in our personal lives too. How often do you talk to somebody and they tell you about an incident that happened and yeah. they mention the fact it was a black guy, it was a Hispanic guy, mm-hmm. it was a white guy? Yeah. We do that, that that's that's the way. The time. Well, or, or I saw or, or I saw a beautiful black woman yesterday. Like I'm not supposed to see beautiful black women except except I mean, for I one thing,
2: it. except for one thing. Okay, you're, you're missing you're missing an, a very important point here. You're missing a very important point. When I am on talk radio, when I am talking to people, I have no idea what the race of the person is that I'm talking to. I have no idea. Yeah. I mean, I have have no idea. I'm not doing a television show. I'm doing a radio show. And people call in, and they're they're able to opine. And I think talk radio is probably the greatest fix for any of these issues. Thanks so much, Jackie. Appreciate you being out there. (music) News Talk 1110-993-WBT. So the president's making a. Uh, the former president Donald Trump is making a speech. At some point, I think uh, Joe Biden will make a will make a speech here. They're probably waiting for him to s- stop. To, I don't know. Do our microphones? I don't think they're there. Yeah, it's so so let me let me hit you with this. Speaking of the Bidens, um, Hunter Biden went in and testified yesterday uh, at the Capitol. And uh, all right, let's let's hear for a little bit from Mr. Trump.
8: Assaults, three thousand robberies, six thousand nine hundred burglaries. 7,500 weapons crimes. This is all migrant crime. 4,300 sex crimes, 1,600 kidnappings, and 1,700 homicides and murders. These are the people that are coming into our country. And they're coming from jails, and they're coming from prisons, and they're coming from mental institutions, and they're coming from insane asylums, and they're terrorists. They're being let into our, our country. And uh, it's horrible. It's horrible. And, you know, I know many of the leaders of these other countries that are doing it. And it's not just South America. It's all over the world. The Congo, a very big population coming in from jails from the Congo. You look at the jails now, you take a look at the jails throughout the region, but more importantly, throughout the world. They're emptying out because they're dumping them into the United States. And these guys try and make like, oh, isn't it wonderful? They don't have a clue. I think they're looking for votes. They're looking for something. Nobody's really been able to tell me how anybody could want it. You know, you're always in business. You always want to understand the other side. Uh, You want to figure it out so you can do something that's good or bad, depending on what you're looking for. But nobody can explain to me, because everybody I speak to says how horrible it is. Nobody can explain to me how allowing millions of people from places unknown, from countries unknown, who don't speak languages we have languages coming into our country we have nobody that even speaks those languages they're they're truly foreign languages nobody speaks them and they're pouring into our country and they're bringing with them tremendous problems including medical problems all right
2: it? so there is uh, there is former president trump talking uh, about the challenges at the border one of the things that i'm very curious about and i don't know that we'll ever get an answer uh, in any in any near period of time but You know, you get a you get a presidential daily brief even when you're out of office. So up until the time that Jimmy Carter was still uh, functioning fully, uh, he was still getting the presidential daily brief. So you think about all the presidents who have come through, right? Uh, George Bush, uh, Bill Clinton, uh, Barack Obama, uh, Donald Trump. Uh, These folks all get a presidential daily brief and. I'm wondering if that brief that they get is inclusive of uh, immigration numbers, because it, you, you would think it would be, I mean, I would think it would be because of the numbers coming in, that there would be a breakdown in there. Or perhaps, obviously, with Brandon Judd standing there with him in Eagle Pass, Brandon Judd is the president of the, of the Border Patrol Union, and I'm sure he's able to get him all of those numbers, and that's probably what he's talking about, so... Um, it's it, it. It remains to be seen how this is ultimately going to play out. At some point here, we'll hear from uh, President Biden. I'll try to take a little bit of sound from him. But yesterday, Hunter Biden testified uh, at the at the Congress uh, into this investigation that's that's been underway, and he he did something that I think is uh, is problematic in his testimony. The testimony that he gave last night uh, was that a lot of the time he was high or drunk and he may not have like remembered everything that was happening. And that was one of the I'm not going to say it's a dodge. I mean, it's I guess it's possible that he was he was really high and really drunk and uh, didn't really know what was going on, given given the circumstances. But, you know, Jim Jordan and Matt Gates came out after the uh, after the the hearing was done behind closed doors. The deposition was done. And uh, we've got – I want to do a a Jim Jordan cut number 23 – uh, this is from from yesterday, what he said after the uh, after the appearance.
0: Well, I, I look, I'm not allowed to get into the particulars. the rules of the House are until we actually release the transcript when we're doing a deposition. And that's what this was, because Hunter Biden was under subpoena. We can't get into the details. I will. I can say this, though. We have numerous other witnesses who said things that directly contradict uh, the testimony we received from Hunter Biden today. And we have evidence that contradicts what he uh, what he said today. But we have to wait until the transcript is made public.
2: So that's that's when we're going to find out what was really really said in that regard. Matt Gates came out swinging. Uh, it's going to be cut twenty six and twenty seven. Uh, cut number 26, Matt Gates on uh, on his concerns. I believe that you can actually bribe someone by paying their family members. Like I don't get this construct that unless Joe Biden himself receives cash, that he somehow wasn't involved in the bribery operation. Joe Biden was doing the bidding of Burisma. He was doing the bidding of Chinese communists. And his family was getting enriched as a consequence. To me, that's a pretty strong case for bribery. All right. So what, what's even more interesting to me is the the way that Matt Gates comes out and cut number 27 and talks uh, about what Hunter Biden specifically said.
8: There were a number of interesting moments, but
2: perhaps none more interesting than when Hunter Biden told us that he uh, joined the Burisma board to counter Russian aggression. I, I hadn't heard that one before that.
11: Thank goodness we had Hunter Biden on the Burisma board uh, because that was uh, central to his strategy to stand up to Vladimir Putin. So
2: I mean, uh, hold on a minute. Wait, wait, if he didn't remember certain things because he might have been high or he might have been drunk or he doesn't remember certain things because he might have been drunk or he might have been high. Does does that also cover him for saying that he wanted to take on that he he wanted to take on uh, Vladimir Putin, that he was protecting the Burisma and the Ukraine from Vladimir Putin's entreaties? Is that is that what we're supposed to believe? That doesn't make any sense to me in any way, shape or form. That's crazy. What is going on with this? How could you how could you claim that that's the case? It doesn't make any sense at all. Why? Why? Why are we I mean, this is look, I, I don't think anything is I don't think there's going to be anything substantial coming from Hunter Biden, except for the fact that um, that he is connected to his father uh, as his son. And, and it was obvious that there were the deals that were being put together were to benefit the Biden brand. Um the Biden brand. I don't know what that what that delivers you uh, other than, you know, money or influence or that sort of stuff. But you got to remember, we took the call yesterday and the caller was spot on when they said, you know, you you don't you you, you can you can take that money and and, and, and have it be held by somebody else. And then they dole it out and you're taking all the arrows. But the money is still flowing in one way or another. I, I to me, it's to me, it just feels like it would be so much easier. Guys got a law degree. Guys got connections. It's probably so much easier if you just became a lobbyist or something and got paid uh, by using your name out in the open as opposed to selling influence on the down low. I just, To me, it feels like you're just asking for too much trouble. You know what we're going to do? We're not going to declare this $10,000 that I just got, and, and, and let's just let it ride. No, why don't you just pay the tax on it, and then you can keep the proceeds. And then you don't have to do it. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm nuts. News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. It is the Brett Wooderville Show 704-570-1110. Great to be with you. I am so excited to welcome to this program my next guest, she is a, a, a phenomenal person who is a part of a phenomenal project. And it is um, Jen Stevens who is joining us. She's with uh, Folds of Honor. And she's going to be traveling with us on our trip coming up in November. Uh, it, it, it's, it's such a great, great opportunity to get to know you, Jen. Thank you so much for coming by on the show.
12: Yes, thank you for having me. Um, November is going to be here before we know it.
2: It it sure is. It it, it absolutely is. I want to I want to introduce you to this to this audience, and and I I think the appropriate place to start would be to tell us tell us about Matt and 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 how you got involved um, with Folds of Honor.
12: Yes. So my husband Matt uh, Lieutenant, Lieutenant Commander Matt Stevens uh, was in the Navy, and um, we have six children. And Matt actually experienced a traumatic brain injury while he was deployed to Iraq. Um, Came home, that eventually kind of derailed into post-traumatic stress. Mm -hmm. Matt fought really, really hard to overcome, work through the symptoms associated with both a TBI and PTS. And, um ultimately, we kind of we get over that hurdle, and then we find out that he's diagnosed with stage four cancer. Oh. It was incredibly aggressive. He was very young um, and to come to find out, his cancer was service connected. Wow. So together, we fought really, really hard um, to try to help other veterans that kind of were coming up with these kind of strange, weird cancers from their time in Iraq, and we were instrumental in getting um, the PAC Act passed, That's right. which I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. Sure. Um, yes.
2: That's huge.
12: Yes, absolutely. So MAP cases was actually one of many used to justify passing of the PAC Act um, in August 10th of 2022. Matt actually passed away from his cancer in um, May of 2019. So um, I've continued to kind of fight, champion for other guys with similar cancers that are having um, similar issues, and I I love that thanks in part to Matt's case, and so now every veteran enrolled in VA healthcare mm-hmm. receives an initial toxic. Exposure screening and a follow-up screening at least every five years going
2: forward. That is fan- that's that's fantastic. I mean, because that's so important right up front to to be able to find out uh, wh- where you are in that regard. Um, absolutely, absolutely. And, 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 and by the way, he he. He he came to the service, but he was he was a dentist at one point, right?
12: He did, yes. So his story is a little bit different than most, as he was a practicing dentist when he felt the call to serve his country. And um, I think he he went to San Diego, did uh, you know his training there, and was almost immediately deployed to Iraq. Wow,
2: wow, ab- ab- absolutely uh, I- incredible! Um, F- Folds of Honor uh, is 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 joining with. With us on this trip, me, Mandy Connell, uh, my wife, her husband, uh, and 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 you as as well with Folds of Honor. Th- this is going to be such an incredible opportunity for people to get to know about the mission uh, for Folds of Honor and, and to get to get to spend time with you with you with us uh, and and take a really really cool trip. and and and, and I'm so excited that you're going to be with us and spending time w- with my listeners, and, and my listeners are going to get to know Mandy's listeners. and This is going to be a, a, a blast, and I am so excited that you're, you're going with us.
12: Yes, there's just so much synchronicity in what we're all trying to do here, how we're trying to honor veterans. We're trying to educate their legacy to date, 52,000 educational scholarships. Awesome. to Two-folds of honor recipients. Those dollars total about two hundred and forty-four million dollars in educational impact, and we are very proud to say that ninety-one percent of every dollar raised goes directly to our recipients. So we are very, very good stewards of the money that we're blessed with.
2: With without a doubt, I mean, it, it, this organization is top-notch and and is is remarkable in the in the in the change that they're able to affect for for so many people. Um, I I want people to be able to get to to know you. I want people to get to know us. Uh, And I I think it's going to be a tremendous opportunity. Uh, We're going to be taking uh, an unbelievable cruise down the Danube uh, with the Christmas market wonderland. And it's going to be fantastic. Everything's included. Um, We're we're going to have a great time. We're going to learn. We're going to love It's going to be amazing uh, all, all, all the way around. Have have you been on, on one of these trips before, Jen?
12: I've not. And if you would have told me that I would have the opportunity to do this and that this trip would actually be helping, you know, the children and dependents of our nation's heroes that I would have told you were crazy. <laughs> but uh, just the whole thing... Thinking about how many people we're going to help, just doing something so fun like this.
2: A- absolutely, and and uh, it's it's the most magical time of the year, and and it's a joyous time of the year, and it's and and I'm just I'm so excited to, to have you uh, a- along with us, and and I know we're going to be fast friends. I, I know that a- a- absolutely. Uh, where do, where do people go to 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 uh, to connect with Folds of Honor? Where where can they go to get more information if they're of a mind to do it right now?
12: Foldsofhonor.org. And I will tell you if you qualify, your children, uh, if you're a veteran and your dependent or spouse, uh, if you qualify, application window is open now. And you can find all the information at foldsofhonor.org. Do it now because it closes in a month. Okay, and Hugely um, we're already starting funding for
2: next school year. That is great. And and so folks, foldsofhonor.org, folds of I, I want you folks to come and hang out with me and Jen and everybody else who's gonna be on this trip. It's gonna be absolutely Mind blowing. It's it's the Christmas Market Wonderland along the Danube. You can get more information. You can call the great people over at Cruise and Tour who are partners with us. 800 383 3131 800 383 3131. 31. You can go over to my Facebook page and look at uh, cruise, uh, uh, tourwithbrett.com. tourwithbrett.com. Is, this trip is filling up and we want you to be there with us. And absolutely, you need to support Folds of Honor and check it out at foldsofhonor.org. Jen we, we this is the first of many conversations and I can't wait to get to to meet you in person and to and to get together and and enjoy this incredible trip. Thanks so much for coming by on the show today. Absolutely honored. Thank you. Me as well. That's uh that's that's Jen Stevens. It's going to be awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be great. 800-383-3131, 800-383-3131 or tourwithbrett.com. News Talk 1110 993 WBT Brett Waterble show. Uh, president of the United States is uh, speaking. Do we? Is, is our microphone there uh, with the uh, current president of the United States? We we I, I want to be fair. We we played some of uh, President Trump. This is President Biden. Let's hear what he says.
9: Go north. It's going to cost me six, eight, probably close to eight, I guess thousand dollars equivalent, and I'm going to get there. And in six months, they may be able to get rid of me. I don't know, man. Six months, seven years, two different things. The person who's thinking about entering the United States understands the cases to be decided in a few weeks or months instead of five to seven years. They're less likely to come in the first place. They're not going to pay the cartels thousands of dollars to make that journey. Knowing that will be turned around quickly. Look, and we also need more cutting-edge inspection machines to detect and stop fentanyl from entering the United States of America. A year ago, I stood at the border in El Paso and I watched these machines at work. They were able to detect everything from fentanyl to weapons to people being smuggled in cargo containers. This this compromise bill would provide an additional four three four hundred twenty four million million for 100 more of these machines and could save lives in the process. This compromise legislation will also give me as president or any of the next president emergency authority to temporarily shut down the border between ports of entry when the numbers of immigrants and migrants, excuse me, oh my gosh, overwhelm
2: the border. I can I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. He's trying to sell the old plan that they came with and and he says he doesn't have the power. Ladies and gentlemen, right now, 704-570-1110, do you believe the president has the power to close the border? Do you think he has that power or he has to have this this budget gimmick? To close the border, are, are you are you buying any of this? Are you believing any of this stuff that he's selling? I I, I need I need four hundred million dollars so we can interdict the, the fentanyl, and I need I need this and I need that. You, you, you have created a crisis. The crisis has been created, and now you're asking for these little tiny fixes. You have the power to shut it down. Am I am I wrong? I, do we still have him up? Is he still up? Let's hear is he? I still-
9: that's why the National Chamber of Commerce, the National Chamber of Commerce endorsed it, not known as a democratic organization with a capital D. Look, and that's why the Wall Street Journal endorsed it as well. This is a truly bipartisan initiative. That's why the bipartisan South Texas Alliance of Cities endorsed it, folks. <clears throat> I didn't get, I didn't get everything I wanted in that compromise bipartisan bill, but neither did anybody else. Compromise is part of the process. That's how democracy works. That's how it's supposed to work. Compromise is a very positive step on a critical issue for the country, all those issues for the country. And folks here in Brownsville and all along the border know that. We need to have their backs, your backs. I want the people. That's just to it's just words. It's clear. just this is all
2: just words. I, the fact of the matter is, Brownsville's not where there's action. Laredo's not where there's action. You've got to go up into the interior uh, of, of of the Texas border, up closer to 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 eagle pass and by the way this administration has attempted to stop greg abbott from enforcing in- enforcing trespassing laws and all and all this it's, this is absolutely this is hooey this is is warmed over hooey i i i don't get i don't i don't buy this for for 30 seconds ed welcome to the program
13: Thank you very much. Yes, you You have a great program. Thank you, sir. Uh, Joe Biden is a total liar. He's been lying about everything, and all the things that he took out of place that a previous president had put in place, he's now putting some of them back in place. He's trying to figure out a way to to, to close the to make the border close only because. The Democratic Party is losing everything because we have an open border or we're, uh, we're having people in even in small towns yep. lose their jobs, the illegal immigrants.
2: Yeah, No. I mean, you're 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 right about that. But here's here's the thing we have to remember. OK, here's the thing we have to remember. He did. He he he, uh, he pulled out all the underpinnings of of the security picture. And now. With this compromise deal that they were talking about, this compromise deal that's supposed to be the fix, you're only going to be able to close the border for a limited period of time once you've had five or six million, uh, 6,000 people come across in a given day. I mean, it's this is this is what is so uh, absolutely frustrating. He could easily, easily put out an, an executive order to shut the border down for for the next 10 days. So you can get a handle on things. He just doesn't want to do it. He doesn't, he doesn't want to do the hard work. It's, it's just not his, it's not his speed. And so he's trying to, he's trying to what, what he's trying to do is he's trying to make it look like he's doing something good on the border. While at the same exact time, not anger AOC and the squad. He, he cannot serve two masters. He either serves the American people or he serves the squad. And people ought to start talking about it in those terms. This is a squatty. He wants to be a squatty. He wants to be part of the squad. Then, that, then, then there you go. But you, that you are out of step with the normal American people who want the border secured. And those people are of every race, gender, identity, what have you. People are seeing a real crisis here. There's a crisis developing, by the way, uh, over in the uh, in the NFL. There's a crisis in the NFL. Caleb Williams is uh, theoretically going to be the first overall pick. And he is continuing to push. And his father, who is one of his uh, negotiators, is continuing to push uh, for ownership of a team. Partial ownership of a team. Now, he made $10 million while he was playing for, uh, for, for USC. USC. Uh, he got $10 million in endorsements, NIL money, et cetera. So he's got a lot of money uh, already, but people are freaking out about the idea that Carl Williams, his father, it wants him to be able to get a piece of the action at the franchise. W- would, you, would, you take, would you take him and have Tepper have to give up a piece of the franchise of the Panthers? Somebody who's an, unt- an untested quarterback? What, what they're trying to say is, uh, and Outkick has coverage of this. They're they're trying to say that he doesn't want to get a rookie deal, and so he's going to ask for all of these other accoutrements on the deal as opposed to 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 what the rookie deal looks like. And so uh, that, that's a that's a big walk. That's a big walk. That's a big ask. Um, and I can't imagine what what this is going to be. You got to be careful, folks. You got to know who you're signing. You got to know what they want, and you got to know that they're going to be able to deliver the goods. The president is unable to deliver the goods on the border. Beth Troutman's going to come by next. We've got an update on Wendy's. Dig! News Talk 1110 993 WBT. It is the Brett Witterbull Show alongside Beth Troutman. That's that's your walk-up song, you know. I should tell people we actually had a conversation earlier because you were in the in the facilities, but we we it wasn't quite right for the time and 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 so uh, good to have you back. Uh, uh, and, I, and I should point out, Beth Troutman joins us with great support from PhD Weight Loss and Nutrition. It's good to have you back. Oh, thank you! It was so
14: great to see you guys too. You know, whenever I'm in the studio late in the afternoon, I always like to come in and say, "Hey, I got to got to uh, hug on TJ, got to uh, chat with Isaac, got to see your lovely face." So it's a good it's a good Thursday.
2: It's a it's a great Thursday for sure, and it's an it's a, it's a bonus day, really, right? I mean, because it's an, it's the uh, it's the last day. Uh, of, of the month. Uh, tomorrow we'll be playing. It's the first of the month. You know, that it's going to be one of our tunes that we'll play. Wendy's says it won't use surge pricing. Did, did we accomplish this, Beth Troutman? How did we get them to not surge price the food? I think we single-handedly accomplished yes.
8: this. I
14: believe that the CEO of Wendy's, his name is Kirk Tanner, and I think, I think he <laughs> just heard us talking about it and heard the disappointed tone yeah. in my voice when I would say his name. Kirk Tanner...
2: <laughs> who 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 uh, you equated to who? Who did you compare him to?
14: Biff Biff Tanner from uh from from Back to the Future. So you know, the really guy good. that gets covered in manure at some point. Oh, yeah,
2: apparently... that's right. I, for oh gosh, that that's got to be the worst thing of all time. I mean that that oh. that, you know, I, I I do understand though it is a moisturizing product that you can get soft hands with. But um here's the <laughs> Go back to the morning if you don't know what we're talking about. All right, so here's. Yeah, if you don't know what we're talking about, listen to the Good Morning BT podcast. Ding ding. Um, so what's going to happen now? Is isn't this really just going to be an excuse to just make it make it more expensive throughout the day? And and now we can't get them at the cheaper point. I mean, is that is you think that's what they're going to end up doing? Well, I what I what. What what happened was everybody,
14: you know, we were talking about it on Tuesday. Mm. You and I talked about it. Uh, Bo and I talked about it. Yep. News outlets everywhere had this story about Wendy's and surge pricing and their new digital menus. And we all talked about it in terms of the way that things were reported as surge pricing, similar to things like Lyft and Uber. Mm -hmm. And those stories, you know, those companies utilize higher price points four times when they are in higher demand. So the discussion became what the same discussion you and I had, that Wendy's was going to up the price, you know, at five o'clock when it was dinner time or six o'clock when it was dinner time and then lower the price when people, you know, were in off-peak hours when the french fries had been sitting in the warmer for two and a half hours. But what it was a PR nightmare for Wendy. So I think the, the the PR team assembled and said, We've got to get this under control. So they came out with a statement that said, We never said higher prices. We never said higher prices. <laughs> the whole point is we were going to offer lower prices for people in off peak hours. So what they were saying was that what they what they tried to say or what they tried to correct in the story was that they were only talking about changing prices with their new dig- digital menus to reward those people <laughs> who eat in off-peak hours sure. with lower prices. But to your point, if they have the digital menus, what they're going what the potential is and what you just mm-hmm. said is I think true that they are they could potentially just raise the price for the baconator, or for whatever the the, the the popular burgers are, the junior bacon cheeseburger, whatever. Yeah, and leave it at that all day long, and then lower the price to what the price is now in those off, off peak hours. Uh, but, I, uh, you remember how mm-hmm. you and I had a whole idea about how we could uh, buy the burgers at the, the cheaper <laughs> price?
2: <laughs> yes, the 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 gray market burgers. Yes. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm.
13: Mm-hmm.
14: <laughs> We still could buy one of those car plug-in warmers. We could still buy the cheaper burger at uh, at off-peak hours and sell it for you know just a a nickel more at the uh, <laughs> you know for the people that were going in for regular price. So our business model still works, but maybe just not as well.
2: <laughs> you know, he he could have he could have built some really goodwill. He could have built some goodwill with the with the uh, with the consuming uh, public because all he could have said he just needed to say one thing. Chili is still the same price.
14: <laughs> well, yes, he could. Have, he could have also given everybody a free frosty. Do they, I, I, I a frosty
2: chili and a frosty? And thanks so much uh, for, 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 for participating. Uh, do they do they still sell the chili? Do they still have the chili at Wendy's, or do they get rid of that? Do they, they still have oh, it at the Wendy's?
14: They, they still have it. They still have it, although there have been several stories lately where people who work at Wendy's say that uh, you might not want to eat the chili. But I'm not going to lie. I used to, I mean, in, hi, in high school, in well, high school, too, but in college, yep. I used to love the Wendy's chili because you could get it for, I think, back in that day. It was like $0.79. Cents. Yes. And that was a meal. You got a couple of crackers with it. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> that's correct. I could, it, I could eat on that, and it would fill me up, and then I could study for my exams, and it was great. I was saving some money, but now, you know, if I went, it could be considered peak hours if mm-hmm. I were going during dinner time, and mm-hmm. I would probably be now paying what three fifty for that. Oh, at least of of that's I high. That's
2: highfalutin chili now. Are you kidding me? I mean, this is right. So, so, so here's the question: Do you know how they make the chili at Wendy's? Well, so what I've read recently is that they use the old burgers yes! that they haven't used, and they tear them up yes! and throw them in. Yes, the meat. That it looks circle of life, man. That is the way you do it, because you get the yeah. burgers are tasty, and then you just you so, just yeah. you slather it, and what are they? The ketchup and vinegar or something, and then boom, now you got chili.
14: Chunky tomato sauce and a couple of beans, and add some green peppers into that, and boom, Bob's your uncle. There's your chili.
2: Look at this. You've, we solved we solved the crisis. Now, now we have to go on surveillance now, okay? Because we have to figure out if they're actually just going to raise the prices anyways. Like across, they're they're just not going to announce it now. They'll let this thing die right. down for a little bit. They'll wait till some other chain gets into some kind of trouble, and then. Blammo, whammo! Here comes the uh, the increasing uh, uh, pricing, I, I'm, or they'll shrink flation us. So that, that's a, there's that right. Possible. So
14: they, if they do that, they can no longer say where's the beef, although they haven't said that in quite some time. Because if they shrink flation it, and I really can't see the, I can't see the beef, it's, I'm going to start saying where's the beef to them and not to mm-hmm. their competitors.
2: Introducing, ladies and gentlemen, the Wendy's slider. Yeah. <laughs>
14: What used to be the Wendy's Junior Bacon Cheeseburger?
2: Yes, the teeny is now a slider. tiny slider. The teeny tiny <laughs> slider. Thank Biff Tannen for that, if you would. Um, what have you got coming up on the big show tomorrow?
14: We will have Charlotte, Charlotte's most beloved John Hancock on the show tomorrow. Plus, we'll be covering all of the uh, political headlines mm-hmm. that happen uh, overnight, that happened today, plus some of the fun stories and the things that will get you smiling, get you laughing, get you headed into your weekend. And, you know, tomorrow's the first day of March, so let's mm. get prepared. It's almost daylight savings time. We yes. get a double whammy in the course yes. of almost uh, a, little, a little over a week.
2: Yes, I'm stoked, and I'll talk to you next month. <laughs> <laughs> Deal. Yeah, thanks. I'm Trevor I'm Winterville. News Talk, 1110-993-WBT. Let's uh, grab a call, patiently holding on. John is up next. John?
13: Yes. Hello, thank you. What's hello? On-
2: yes, sir. What's on your mind?
13: Oh, yes. I was calling about, uh, first, thank you for taking my call, Brett. It's in regards to Joe Biden, um, what you were saying about him um, needing money yes, sir. in order to close these borders down. Um, President Trump didn't need money. He signed an executive order on the very first day to shut down the border. So I don't understand why Joe Biden doesn't have the same power (laughs) just to make that happen. He doesn't need money. That's right. He doesn't need Congress. He doesn't need the House. Mm -hmm. He can sign an executive order, and it could be done tomorrow.
2: That's correct. And, and, And pretty much the only people who would challenge him would be people from the left, who would who would go file a lawsuit against the president for closing the border down? Yada yada yada, and he could just be like, you know what? I don't care. We've we've brought eleven million people in, twelve, ten, whatever it is, and we're 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 full up right now, and we're going to process these people first before we take anybody else. And you know, th- yeah. this is this is see, I, I I hate to use this analogy, but I'm gonna I'm gonna use it, John. It's it's sort of like the guy that lights the fire and then gets excited and calls the fire department to come out and put out the fire. And that's it's yeah. it's sort of you're the arsonist and you're also the hero. And he, he needs to decide which side he's on. Is he on the side of migration, unchecked migration, or is he on the side of the American people? And he needs to make that needs, decision. Yes, he needs to be on the side of the American people. Amen. You shut it down, Trump. Trump's, Trump shut it down in one
13: day. You can shut it one down uh, down in one day. Don't beg for money. We know the plan. We know the game. We know the deal. Just do what's right by the American people and shut it down, Joe. That's great, all.
2: Great call, Matt. Appreciate you being out there, John. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're very welcome. Uh, that was, that was a, a great point. It's a huge point. Um, your favorite congressman who wants to be a senator from California, uh, some people may know him by his uh, street name, Shifty Shif. Uh, Shifty Schiff uh, was on the uh, CNN, and this is going to be cut number thirty-one. Uh, cut number thirty-one. Uh, Adam Schiff on stopping Trump from becoming president again. Well, we're coming. It's coming. Here we go. It's cut thirty. Cut thirty-one. Will you accept the Supreme Court's ruling regardless
11: of which way that they, they decide? Uh, I don't think we'll have any choice but to accept the court's ruling. But here, I think the court's ruling is going to be he has no immunity. The problem is, can we accept and live with the delay? And I don't think we have much choice here. Uh, Once again, Donald Trump trying to run out the clock. Uh, We have to hope and pray that voters reject him uh, when they have a chance to vote this November so that if the Justice Department and Justice has not been served, that it will be served after the election.
2: So so they think that if Donald Trump gets convicted if he gets elected and then he gets convicted in court that he's going to just be sent down the road. That that's what Shifty Shift thinks, right? That's that's what Adam Schiff thinks. Now here's here's the thing. I'm going to I'm going to make the argument for arresting and prosecuting Donald Trump. Now just just follow me on this thing here, okay? It is January the, th- the 30th of 2021, Merrick Garland has been seated as the attorney general. Joe Biden calls up uh, Merrick Garland and says, I want Donald Trump prosecuted uh, as an insurrectionist, yada, yada, yada. Merrick Garland then takes up the uh, the cause and decides he's going to prosecute Donald Trump for insurrection. What happens? Well, you get to a federal court, it, 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 it becomes uh, readily apparent that this is going to be an issue that goes to the Supreme Court, et cetera, et cetera, all the way along the, the the circle that you can imagine. And then what? And then the Supreme Court would have ruled. The Supreme Court would have ruled and they would have either ruled and said, you are an insurrectionist or you're not an insurrectionist. And that's the case. This is this is Adam Schiff. Shifting up the entire process. Right. Because Adam Schiff only knows one thing to be shifty Schiff. And this is what he's trying to do. He does not want Donald Trump to go to jail. Listen to me. And I mean this. He doesn't want Trump to go to jail. Biden does not want Trump to go to jail. None of the Democrats want Trump to go to jail because if he went to jail, Right, they wouldn't be able to blame anybody for anything anymore. They just need to keep him in the mix, which is what they're trying to do. Why do you think they're they're going to Fonnie Willis and Tish James and to this wacko judge in Illinois who decided he couldn't be on the ballot? And 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 you go to Colorado, Rocky Mountain High. You, you go all across the country with these lawsuits and these cases. Why do you think they're doing it? Because they know they don't, they don't really have anything. Any efficiency that would exist in the minds of these goofy people in the administration is, is, is clearly being set aside. You, of course, would want to prosecute him early. But they didn't want to do that. They didn't want to. Do that. You want to know why they didn't want to do it? They're scared of you. They're scared of you. They are frightened of you. Because they understand the only reason why Joe Biden went down to the border today uh, to talk to the locals and to talk to to the Border Patrol was he had to go to a place where it was going to be a guaranteed safe layup. Number two, number two, he has to look like he is concerned. There's a very easy understanding of what's happening in our country right now. He goes to the border. Two weeks ago, he went to Palestine, Ohio. He's checking the boxes to make it look like he cares about the American people. The American people have seen him for three years. They've seen him for three years, and they know that the first year and a half of his presidency All he did was look at the American people who didn't vote for him and called them insurrectionists. Everybody was an insurrectionist. Everybody was ultra-mega. Everybody was an insurrectionist. Everybody is evil. These are terrorists. These are this. This is that. But then give me what he did that was so great for his constituents. Did he get you the Voting Rights Act uh, reauthorized? Nope. What did Joe Biden do that was such great shakes for the American people? He, he allowed the cities to fall into disrepair. He, he, he partnered with the Soros DA uh, prosecutors who let people out of jail and, and, and let people go out and commit uh, crimes. Uh, what else did he do? He opened the border wide open. What's the upside? One hundred and sixty billion dollars in student loan debt relief. How'd that help you? Electric cars. How'd that help you? The Green New Deal, how'd that help you? The wide open border, how'd that help you? Crime in the streets, how'd that help you? At every turn, Joe Biden believes you are the problem. And if only you were not in this particular ideological divide, everything would be fine if they could just get rid of the MAGA and the Republicans and the conservatives and the independents. And this group and that group, if only that could happen, they would be in great shape. Well, I'm sorry. You've had three years to make this country united, confident, prosperous, and effective. I'm waiting for the fix. There isn't one. What you see is what you have. News Talk 1110-993-WVT. It is the Brett Waterbull Show. Let's grab this call. Jim is up next. Jim, welcome to the program. Yes, hello. Hello. Good evening. How Good afternoon. How are you today, Brett? I'm well. How are you?
15: Yes, we have another writer here that wants to be on the show. What
2: oh, boy. Are uh, who are you driving around?
4: I'm a student at SDSU. My name is Kristen Allen. I'm an education major.
2: Nice. Well, that's nice to have you on the program here uh, as we sit in North Carolina and, and, and you're driving in the beautiful uh, environs of, uh, of, of, of San Diego. So you're welcome aboard.
15: Yeah. Hey, I, uh, your wife is a teacher, right? Uh,
2: yes, my wife is a teacher. Yeah, indeed.
15: So you're
2: in the right profession. Oh. Yeah, you know, it, it, look, it's, it's unbelievable. Most people don't believe this, but the kids keep coming every year. It's just it's one of these things. And so, uh, you know, you, you, you have a great opportunity there to, to mold the minds of the future youths. And that's uh, that's a really good thing.
15: Yes. And she's one of us. So she's going to be sending the kids in the right direction. Isn't
4: that right? Yes,
2: sir. Oh, that's great. Well, that's awesome. What, 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 what do you want to teach?
12: I want to teach elementary school kids.
2: Good stuff. That's very good stuff. That's that's fantastic, and, and it's such a vital uh, it's such a vital calling for people. And uh, I'm very I'm very happy to have you on the program today. Thank you. Yes. All right then. Okay is that So was that, so you're just doing a drive by on me here huh That's it that's it Jim you're just you're
15: you're, you're the, No no I wanted to explain why Nikki Haley didn't drop out of the race I
2: Okay fair um, enough what, what's the answer to that one what what happened
15: Well I made the prediction that she would she would drop out in South Carolina Yeah uh, her home state uh, hoping for sympathy and you know the reason why I made that prediction Why Because I was hoping she would hear me and say, hey, that's a good idea, and drop the whole thing and quit taking away, quit making all the delegates mad and quit taking away what could potentially have been a good future for her in the cabinet of the Trump administration. Wow. But no. Yeah. uh,
2: Yes. Is it it possible that because you floated that, she decided not to do it. she was going to do it, but instead now when you floated it it was all shot to pieces and then and she didn't do it.
15: You think she was being like uh, being a diametric like to everything the Jim San Diego like the she's got Jim, Jim of San Diego derangement syndrome. Is, is that what you're thinking?
2: Yeah, I, I don't even know what those initials would be, but I, I'm, I'm willing to buy in on that one yes.
15: Yeah, that'd make a heck of an
2: alphabet soup, wouldn't it? It, it sure would. It'd be fantastic. Uh, listen, I, I want to thank you uh, both for, for coming by and, and spending time with us because it's um, it's a pleasure to hear from the future of America and the person who is escorting the future of America uh, in, in the driving uh, there in, uh, in the mean streets of San Diego. I appreciate you guys coming by.
15: Yes, I'm
2: escorting her right to the ballot box. Well, there, well, there we go. Okay, excellent. That's good to know. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you being out there. Enjoy the rest of your week. Um, th- this has become now. This is very interesting, and I know they're still listening because what he's doing is he's now got the app up, yeah. and so I, I just I would say blink, blink twice if you feel like Jim's overly politicizing you. Okay, that's 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 one thing you could do. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I like the way we are building the movement. We're starting on the West Coast. We're getting those who we can persuade and get to come along to our way of thinking. That's really good. It's going to take a a lot of persuading out there, though. A lot of persuading is going to have to happen out there. Um, But I want to go back to this Nikki Haley thing. Because I want to know if you think she is ever going to drop out. Is she going to suspend? Is she going to just kind of pack it in? What what is what is going to happen? And here's the uh, here's the reason why I bring it up, because there's a bunch of stuff that's happening uh, in our country right now, including where they just called in from, which is San Diego. Uh, That is where the Biden administration is stashing a lot of people who are in the in the in the um, in the country uh, in an unauthorized fashion. That's that's a hugely important point. Number two, number two if you remember the bad old days right around the time of September 11th, um, you might remember that the Taliban had teamed up with al-Qaeda and were abusing women and girls and and undesirables uh, in in public spaces. Al-Qaeda has now reopened their terror camps. Taliban resumes public executions and floggings. The radical Islamic Taliban group has resumed the gruesome practices of public executions and floggings in Afghanistan. Thousands of onlookers observed the latest public execution, which was held in a sports stadium on Monday for a man convicted of murder. It's the third such uh, execution to be carried out this month and the fifth since the U.S. abandoned Afghanistan to the Taliban in 2021. I can't remember who it was that abandoned the Taliban. To, uh, to, to, to the country, but, uh, oh, it, that's right, it was the Biden administration. Um, the executed man uh, had allegedly killed a man named Khal Mohammed. The execution took place during the heavy snowfall in a, in a city, in, a, um, in, in an arena. The Taliban Supreme Court said in a statement that Monday's death sentence was carried out following the approval from three of the highest courts. So they have due process. Their due process is, we, we, we do plan to kill you. That's, that's what they're doing. And so, did this improve the conditions on the ground in Afghanistan by us pulling out the way we did? Did, did, that, did that work out for us in any way, shape, or form? Because what's happening now is, we are slowly watching the rebuild of, of, of al-Qaeda and, uh, and, and Afghanistan. And in fact, al-Qaeda is operating now, not just in Afghanistan... But they are also operating in Iran, in far western Iran, by Herat, and this this is this is a terrible outcome, because at some point you know, and I know, and we know that they're going to find safe harbor, and you know who Al Qaeda wants to hit more than anything—they want to hit Israel, and they want to hit the United States. This is why you cannot have a do-it-yourself diplomacy plan. You cannot do. A do-it-yourself diplomacy plan. You you have to uh, understand that the only way you stop bad guys from being bad, the only reason why you are seeing bad guys be bad, is is because they're permitted to. Craig, welcome to the program. Craig. Hey,
15: hey, how you doing today, Brett? I'm well, thanks. Um, yeah, I just heard you talking about the public executions and floggings going on there in uh in the Taliban country and. Um, Don't you think that sounds like that might be
2: something that could get crime under control here? Well, people face some real true repercussions. Well, we have a process. I mean, we have a process here. We have a due process here. Um, And and, and if you just arrest people and incarcerate them, that that goes a long way if you leave them in jail so that they don't then come out and 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 Uh, I don't want to see public executions on street corners. Uh, I, I think I think we're better than that. Um, I I, I want to see a functioning uh, jud- uh, judicial system that's going to take criminals who commit heinous acts and and puts them uh, puts them away for for whatever the extent of their life is. And if there's a capital punishment uh, uh, component, so, so be it. The American people have spoken.
15: Well, part of you know part of that problem is there's just um, I think what we have doesn't work. If people go away for 10 years, they're pretty much they're they're hobbled. They're going to be they're ruined. If we people just, you know, you commit a crime, you get 100 public lashes and that's your sentence, uh, maybe that would be a far greater deterrent than putting somebody away for 10 years.
2: Hold, hold on. Hold and, on. Hold on. Hold on. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. You, you can't get people to go work at a McDonald's. Who are you hiring to do the flogging?
15: I mean you know just you put a bag over somebody's head like they used to do back in the king and king uh, king and queen days, you know I mean, there's plenty of people that would take that job I mean I wouldn't do it in the, the, the fact, me, the fact but,
2: you, you would you would end up with you would end up with people who would be doing it under the table. they wouldn't be authorized to flog. Uh, I don't even know how you would have flogging you know de, 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 denoted as a punishment and 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 the reality is what would probably end up happening is they, they would be automated it would be automated. You know, you'd have you'd have like a robot flogger, and and then you know what would happen? I mean, I'm, no, f- follow this. You know, you know America as well as I know America, Craig. Um, you would have a you'd have a robot flogger, and he's supposed to give you you know ten ten lashes, right? Something like that. It's, right. it, it malfunctions, gives you forty, gives you forty lashes, and then guess what? Now you got a lawsuit, and now you got to pay you got to pay for the penalty. Of that, I mean, this is—it's just easier to not come up with the flogging and the things like that, which I think are counter to the decency uh, of, of 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 polite company. I think it's better to just incarcerate people. Uh, I, I don't know. I well, I it, it, I look, think. I, if
15: it worked, I would agree, but I don't think I don't see it working with these people that are in and out of prison all the time. Yeah,
2: but the flogging's going to just make them angrier or whatever. I mean, if the flogging, you just need to you need to give appropriate penalties. I, I again, we're we're better than this as a people. We are better. We are better than this as a people. That's that's my two cents. Wow, that was an interesting uh, journey. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. It is the Brett Witterbull Show. Boy, am I excited to be joined by uh, somebody whose work I've always admired. Uh, he is Rick Unger. He, is, uh, he was the host of the uh, Rick Unger Show. He is uh, a super smart guy. And we're on two different sides of the, uh, of the political aisle. And it's great to have you back, Rick. Brent, how are you? It's been a while. A, a little bit. A little bit of a while, for sure, for sure. How? Ha- how do, how do we assess what is happening in this race between these two, uh, these two titanic 80-plus-year-olds? Uh, uh, what, what, what do we have happening coming down the pike?
7: You know, it's so hard to say. There's so much time now between uh, today and Election Day, and so many things can happen. It's, it's kind of weird. Because it's kind of turning out that they both have a similar issue to deal with in terms of acuity. Mm-hmm. Um and and I don't know how that's gonna play play into it. Uh it's interesting. You talk to a, a Biden supporter and they will say, Nah, it's no big deal. He's always been that way. You talk to a Trump supporter and they'll say, Nah, he's he's fine. He just misread the prompter. So I don't know if, if that's all going to zero out or what, but uh, man, it, it's it's just really hard to say what we should expect.
2: Do you think there'll be more action in, in the down ballot races? You know, the stuff in the Congress, the stuff in the Senate that's going to happen. We just watched Mitch McConnell announce that he's going yeah, uh, to but- for for forego the leadership position, and they'll they'll certainly shuffle the decks, but. Um, How does this play out on both sides? Because obviously we we do have an aged Senate. Uh, We have a slightly younger Congress, I think. But what are you expecting, Rick?
7: well you know it's it's interesting because in presidential election years you certainly get more voters to the poll but the importance of down ballot races kinda takes you know a bit of a of a fall off because all the attentions on the presidential candidates if i'm in the predicting business Mm -hmm. i think there's a really good chance you could see democrats retaking control of the house but Republicans retaking control of the Senate, you could see a switch there. Um, it's it's going to be interesting to see the way retirements are happening mm-hmm. and the way things are shaping up. I mean, the retirement thing probably is going to have a greater impact in in both houses uh, than anybody would have anticipated. But yet, you're seeing some interesting races being created because of people giving
2: up their seats. What what are what are you hearing as you as you talk to strategists around uh, the Democrat circles and things like that? Um, do you think that Biden will remain in this position? You know, people are always talking about could could we see Gavin Newsom or somebody else come in uh, from, from from another position? Do you think he's do you think he's the, the definite nominee? I think so.
7: Mm -hmm. I mean, look, you know, there's always, as I say, there's a lot that can happen between now and election day. If you were to ask Joe Biden today, and I think he'd be giving you an honest answer if he said, I'm not going anywhere. But you never know. Right. You just never know. You know, you could kind of ask the same question about uh, President Trump. Uh, You know, what if he gets a a conviction? Right. Uh, Would that impact on him? I think he would say no. I'm not going anywhere so odds are it's going to be these two people but things could happen
2: you know we obviously have a crisis uh at at the border we have a crisis in our in our great american cities uh whoever ends up with this job I, i think they they have got to secure the border and i think that they have definitely got to do something about these cities you have so many people fleeing the the once great cities in this country that uh, they're almost going to be, become like a uh, like like a, like a monument to uh to our hubris
7: you're you're right and uh, you know it's it's I say that with full knowledge, that most of our, our large cities are and have been run by Democrats for a very long time. I actually, my son was visiting, who's from uh, San Francisco, and I said, you know what, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think San Francisco needs a Republican mayor. Wow. Um It's it's just so bad it's it's going to take something like that to to maybe put it on a new track but yeah this is a real issue the border the borders kind of fascinating at this point Mm -hmm. because this is clearly an issue that that is favoring republican candidates At the same time, I think that a mistake has been made. I think that Biden did offer a deal, which really was probably the best deal anybody's going to see on the border, and the Republicans ended up sending that away. That could bite them in the nose come elections. I'm not sure. We'll see. But it could. I I was saying on another program the other day, if I were Joe Biden, I would start issuing executive orders getting tough down at the border. Mm-hmm. If they're not legit, if they're unconstitutional, let the Supreme Court throw them out. But at least he'd be making his point that he's serious about it. I would really be doing that if I were him.
2: In terms of the constituencies that are out there, the constituencies are known. We, we, we know who, who are in the different groups uh, on, on either side of the aisle is is this going to be sort of like the last normal election before there's a fundamental shift going into say 28 hmm. what do you mean
7: by normal election
2: well you know, where we have these issues that 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 kind of take hold and obviously if you move out trump or you move out biden uh, you're going to have a cleared path for for 2028, and maybe other constituencies kind of move to the forefront. The squad or 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 or, or more MAGA stuff like that, as opposed right. to just the uh, the run of the mill uh, moderate.
7: Well. The, the the squad is never going to—nobody in the squad is ever going to be in a position uh, to be the nominee of their party for president. I, I'm absolutely certain of that. Yeah. So that won't be the case. Mm. Now, will it be a MAGA candidate— mm. if- if Trump is defeated, will it be a MAGA candidate? Yep. That's an interesting question. It because is. Because it, 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 it really raises the issue, is MAGA now the Republican Party, or is it something that will pass in time as Trump passes in time?
2: That's right. I don't know the answer to that. What do you think? I don't know. I don't have the answer. But you know what? I'm out of time. Can I get you back next week sometime? Of
7: course you can.
2: Rick Unger, you're, you're a real pleasure to speak to. Thank you so much.
7: You take care, bud.
2: You got it. That's Rick Unger. I'm Brett Witterble. Leap Day
5: all
2: around.
4: Oh, yeah! Same down. for regular working,
13: not for
2: fancy working.
5: I'm about to do something pretty crazy. You should. It's Leap Day. Real life is
6: for March.
2: The following takes place between 6 p.m. and 7 p.m. Four. Four. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Welcome to Leap Day. We have the fourth hour, and it is great to be with you. Oh, we got a big reveal in just the last couple of hours. A big reveal. I hope you're sitting down. If you're driving, you better be sitting down. Um, but listen to this. This is, this is really quite something. At long last, first son, Hunter Biden, affirmed during his Wednesday impeachment inquiry deposition that his father, Joe, was the big guy. He acknowledged that Joe is the big guy. It was about a business deal with a Chinese state-linked energy firm that yielded millions of dollars for Biden family members and other associates more than three years after the New York Post broke the story But rejected the notion that the president was ever penciled in for 10 percent for a 10 percent state. Quote, at one point, we asked Hunter about the 10 percent for the big guy, said Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, a member of the House Oversight Committee. Following Hunter's six hour closed door deposition on Capitol Hill, we showed him the email and he said, oh, that was after my father left office statement represents the first time the 54-year-old Hunter has admitted that his former business partner, James Giller, was referring to Joe Biden when he raised the prospect on May 13, 2017, of the first son holding a 10% stake in the lucrative joint venture involving CEFC for the big guy. Man, he wouldn't say it at all. He wouldn't give us any information. What are we doing? What are we, what what is going on here? We were told that this is all just a fever dream. None of this was true. None of this was real. Oh, this is fake. This is phony. This is, this is, forget it. I, I mean, it's... Really, the president lashed out at a Post reporter in June of 2023 when being pressed about uh, being referred to as the big guy, a moniker that his brother Frank also used, in addition to several other Hunter associates. Why do you ask such a dumb question, Biden shot back? House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer described the deal involving CEFC China Energy as money laundering. Comer released bank records last year showing the firm a shuttered entity that was apparently part of the Chinese Communist Party's Belt and Road of foreign influence campaign paid James and Hunter Biden $6.1 million in 2017 and 2018, including a $5 million wire on August 8, 2017, days after Hunter texted CEFC translator that I'm sitting here waiting for the call with my father. And then what does he say? He says... He says about that comment is high. He was high and he was drunk and he was sitting not with his father. He was sitting out in Delaware at his father's house and his father wasn't anywhere near the scene. He's just bluffing. Wow. Really quite something. Now, you understand what's going to come next, right? Well, I'll I'll tell you in just a second. Let's talk to Stan. Hello, Stan. How are you doing today, Brett? I'm well. Thank you very much.
13: Well, well, that's just awesome. I wanted to tell you something that I hear people all the time talk about, like the Republican Party. Yeah. And let me think about this. is I was listening to Nikki Haley, her last one of her last speeches that she did. And she said something about, like, where Donald Trump wanted to take the, take the Republican Party. And she said where he wants to go is not good for the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. And it dawned on me that there's a stark, even more than I would have suspected, there's a stark difference between the voters of both parties, actually, and the political leaders who run the party. Yes. So, so when you say something, when you say the Republican Party, you almost need to delineate that in that statement whether you're talking about the voter base or you're actually talking about the political leaders who who run the party. And if you think about it. The Democratic base is more aligned with Bernie Sanders. Yes. The people who run the party shut him down because they didn't want the party to go where the base represents the party. Very came. true. And so, so what we're watching now is we're watching the MAGA movement trying to realign the Republican Party to be more in line and represent the actual voter base of the party. And that's where
2: the friction is coming from. Well, and, and what you're talking about here that's very important, what you're talking about here is the structure of the management of the party, okay? Correct. So, so the way you would, I think the way we could think about things here, just, uh, just to use this as, as, as articulately as we can. So let's say, let's say the Panthers are the party. Mm-hmm. The people who go to the games are the voters, right? fair right. enough mm-hmm. okay, and so that's what the relationship is like so when when people talk about the Republican Party or they talk about the Democratic Party or they talk about a team, they have to understand that they're 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 part of a structure, but the people who go to the games to see the panthers, the people who uh, vote particular ways uh, that are in alignment or not in alignment with a given party that's that's all that's all just a that that's the fun and games part of it. The structure of the party, you want, you want to know my opinion about that? I, I think the structure of these parties is, is going to start to deteriorate over the next couple of elections because I don't think the Republican Party and the Democratic Party are are serving, the voters in the way that they, they should be served.
13: Correct. That, and I thought that's what we're watching now.
2: Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a um, you know, you have a realignment, but what you have is a, you know, a teardown that's going to happen. But that's always been the case. Parties don't last forever. I mean, the Democrat Party has lasted for a very long time. but
13: So, well, so, so then my question for you then is this. After all of this happens, do yeah. you see another party... Do you see How do you see things? That's a good I question. Mean, you know, that's.
2: I could see parties falling away. I mean, I honestly could. You don't see anybody Like Ronald McDaniel just bailed. I don't know who's running the Democrat Party. Is it still Jamie Harrison? I mean, I, 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 I don't know. So I don't know that those parties are necessarily important to anybody but the people who are inside the architecture.
13: Yeah, because you think about it, the Whigs and the Tories don't exist. They don't anymore, exist anymore.
2: Either. Absolutely not. There used yeah. to be Democrat Republicans, right? There used to be a party called the Democrat Republicans. There used to be the Federalists. There used to be right. um, any number of things. Uh, you know, you, the way people—I don't know that you need them, uh, other than the management of monies and uh, and, and support lines. Uh, I, you know, I, I I don't I don't I don't know what the value of, of the party is to the, the average American. Anymore. Yeah, Most Americans don't even write checks to the parties. I mean, it's 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 all
13: it's all all the big money people that write the checks. Correct.
2: That's right. Great stuff, Stan. Appreciate it. Thanks, Mm. buddy. That's uh, Stan checking in. News Talk 1110 993 WBT. Uh, Guess what? Guess what? Guess what? They've released the transcript of Hunter Biden from yesterday. I'll post it up on my Twitter and on my Facebook page if you want to check it out. News Talk, 1110-993-WBT, Brett Witterbull Show. I posted up over at the Brett Witterbull Show Facebook page, and on the Twitter uh, feed, I put up the uh, transcript of the Committee on Oversight and Accountability uh, with uh, Hunter Biden's testimony. It's 229 pages uh, of, of awesome. I mean, that, that's that, for real. Uh, in fact, I'm looking right here. I, I just it just so happens at page one forty four, Matt Gates is asking questions. It seems odd that someone is articulating a family member of yours getting part of a deal. You now, in the context of this impeachment inquiry, have all these protests about that, but you can't recall whether or not those ever materialized. And so hunter uh, Hunter says Mr. Gates, Mr. Gates, in twenty nineteen, In 2019, did you drop off your laptop at a repair shop? Hunter Biden says, not that I remember. No. Did you have a laptop in 2019? I've had many laptops. Did you typically keep a separate laptop for work or personal? uh, Or was it usually one laptop you operated with? I don't know. I don't think there was a distinction between necessarily work and personal. Do you recall ever having dropped off a laptop at a repair shop? No. I mean, so he's he's being evasive, just like everything that you would expect it to be. You can you can go in there and read it. Um, it's, uh, it's 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 a, it's a fascinating uh, reveal. I want to share with you a piece of sound that I think is really uh, uh, important. And w- it's going to be a, a kind of a two a, a two different uh, c- clips. So I'm going to use cut number 30 first up cut number 30. Kamala Harris is very happy about the liberal prosecutors who are out there in the cities that are not necessarily making you feel safe. Kamala Harris loves those liberal prosecutors. Yes, Soros supported prosecutors. Um, Cut number 30, please.
3: Having progressive prosecutors, for example, who can show what is possible and then show that it works. And show that, frankly, it's not contrary at all to public safety. In fact, it is a better way. It is a very effective way, among other ways,
2: to achieve public safety. So if you live in a city, do you want a progressive prosecutor or do you want somebody who's going to prosecute criminals? You want a progressive prosecutor or do you want a district attorney that's going to go after actual criminals? I mean, so if you're getting robbed, is there a way to be robbed where... You feel better because, you know, a a a a criminal is going to get an easier punishment with the progressive prosecutor. Or are you angry that they came into your house, stole your possessions, fenced them someplace and you'll never get your tea set back again or or something else? How important is it for you to have a progressive prosecutor looking out for you? Well, here's what's interesting. John Kennedy, John Kennedy from the state of Louisiana. He's interviewing or he's he's questioning the uh, Bureau of Prisons uh, chief, and he's got questions and she's got terrible answers. Let her rip.
0: All right. So you've released 30,000 criminals under the First Step Act. okay? And how many of them when you went before you released them, did you contact any of their victims to say we're about to let this
10: guy out? Uh, Senator, it's my understanding that that notification happens through the U.S. Attorney's Office, but I will check into that and get back to you.
0: You don't know? Senator, I don't. You ha- have you followed up with the U.S. Attorneys to say, do you have a system to say, hey, we're about to let this guy out? Would you, you know, we want to be sure the victim's
10: contacted? As a former victim's advocate, I share that value that victim notification should happen. I'll check on the process. But you don't know to- if it's happening? That's correct, Senator. Wow.
0: Okay. Of the 30,000 criminals you led free, how many of them have come back, have Uh, committed a crime again, hurt somebody else?
10: So that number is one that we're still looking at um, as it relates to the recidivism rate for those that were released on the First Step Act.
0: You don't have any idea? No, Senator. You don't have anybody at the Bureau that can count?
10: I do not have that number in front of me. So
0: let me get this straight. The First Step Act was passed in 2018. This is 2024, am I right so far? That's correct. That's six years. And in six years, you've let 30,000 criminals go, right? That's correct. And you don't have the slightest idea how many of them committed another crime and came back?
10: I don't have that number in front of me today,
0: And you sir. run the Bureau of Prisons? That's correct. And how many employees do you have? About
10: 40,000 employees.
0: Oh, my God. You said we were told that, that it would save money and it would be in the interest of public safety to release criminals from prison. I didn't vote for it, but the, the majority rules. And so Congress did it. And Ms. Peters, Director Peters at the Bureau of Prisons and her colleagues released 30,000 criminals, all of whom are there for a reason, OK? They, they didn't just go to prison for a free, free toaster. They were there for a reason. And so her department let them go. And after six years, we don't have the slightest idea. Not a single one of the 40,000 of her employees know how many have committed a second crime and come back. So how the hell are we supposed to figure out whether it worked? People ought to hide their head in a bag, Director. That You can't come here in front of this Congress and answer that question.
2: She can't. They should hide their head in a bag. When I first heard that early this morning, it was kind of a disturbing reveal, like hide your head in a bag, because I was thinking, are you taking your head off your body and putting it in a bag as you walk around town looking for that free toaster? John Kennedy is an American originals original, and I'm telling you, I say it all the time, and I stand by it. We'll, We'll take your calls here in just a couple minutes. I'll say this without reservation. John Kennedy is... The man. And I'm going to tell you why he does quite a number on people when they come in and testify and they don't make sense. And he's playing that whole. I'm just a simple country lawyer guy. Go look at John Kennedy, Senator John Kennedy's uh, bona fides. He, He he's he was educated over over in Oxford or Cambridge. And uh, this is a guy who does the act very, very effectively because he's crazy smart, but he knows how to make the elites in government squirm. News Talk 1110 993 WBT Brett Whittaker show good to be with you. Let's uh, jump out and talk to Nathan. Nathan, welcome to the program.
11: Hey Brett, mega did a great to talk to you this evening. Thank you for calling. Um, I just I just wanted to make the comment that uh, the track 30 that you played of Kamala Harris. Yes sir. That is the most uh, intelligent statement I've ever heard her make. <laughs>
2: uh, and and probably honest. The most honest statement. Exactly. And the, the interesting
11: thing is, she didn't say whether what she was referring to was according to the Constitution yep. or the law.
2: That's right. Well, because progressives believe that their ways are above the law and above the Constitution.
8: Yeah. You know, exactly. Great stuff. Thanks so much for taking my call. Have a great
2: evening, sir. You too, Nathan. I appreciate you being out there today, sir. Thank you very much. Let's go to Mary next. Mary, welcome to the program. Hey, Brett. Hey,
16: how are you? Okay, so <laughs> I love John Kennedy. I mean, he just is a treasure. The best. I just wish he hadn't voted for the stupid package that he did with um, funding in Ukraine. But anyway, um, my my thing about that is we have selective prosecution going on in this country. Mm-hmm. Well, we have. I mean, I was reading Substack. And there's an article that was in there, and we all know what's going on in Berkeley recently, right? You know all of the violence that's just happened, and it's and it's violence from the left, and again, it's selective prosecution. It is. No one is brought up to. Um, n- there is no consequence for anybody if you're on the left. If you are a constitutionalist, which I am, if you are a conservative, you are going to be slapped down quick. And you will be called an insurrectionist, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Because I mean, just like with Illinois, they wanted to throw Trump out of that uh, off the ballot. That didn't work. It's not going to work because there was no such thing as an insurrection. They don't even know what the word means. Yeah, that's but true. It serves the purpose, but it is all selective prosecution. And until that stops, and until you actually have education where they, where people understand the difference between. Um, what is real and what is not. I mean, we're, we're living in a world that where AI from Google has George Washington as a black man.
2: Yes. You know? Yes. And Vikings and, and all sorts of things. Um, let me ask you a, a question, Mary, because you, you follow this okay. stuff closely. Uh, yep. Do Do you think that this has been a purposeful effort to cleanse american cities of conservatives in other words make it as miserable as you can we know they're going to flee they're going to go to the carolinas they're going to go to texas they're going to go to wherever do do you think that this has been an effort a specific effort to try to drive out conservatives and keep the malleable folks in in these in these cities
16: well that's been going on forever i mean that's that's
2: but but i'm saying but do you think it's, it's since covid that this has been specifically directed to do this to do to well, COVID do this realignment
16: yeah useful tool yep. it's a really useful tool because there's a lot of people that i know that are conservatives that actually bow the knee
9: yeah.
2: and
16: they said oh I'm not going to, I mean, versus now, a lot of them are going to say, I will not comply if it happens again. But at that time, they were all scared, right. you know, to death because they used fear tactics is something that is very real. And PTSD survives in a lot of people that went through COVID. Oh,
2: oh, and, I have no doubt about that. I have no, I have no doubt about that. Yep. See, here's, yep. here's why I say this, because once upon a time, you had a lot of Hindus in Pakistan and you had a lot of Muslims In India. And and when they partitioned after the after after, you know, the 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 ability to turn into their own state, what they did was there was a huge realignment that took place where Muslims went into Pakistan and Hindus repatriated from Pakistan into into um, into India. And so you you now have an overwhelmingly um, uh, Muslim country in Pakistan and uh, a predominantly Hindu country uh, in India. And I'm wondering if that's not the model for uh, the the future governance of this country, knowing full well. well
16: look no further go- look no further than north of the border. Look what they've done in Canada. Yes. You know yes. I mean this is that's a perfect example of what you're saying. I mean they've already they're they're working on it there and they're being very, very successful with it. And Canadians that are that are awake and understanding what's going on are angry but there's not a lot that they can do about it because Trudeau is such a.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, he's a he's a he's a patsy. Uh, but but here's the thing. Yeah, yeah,
16: yeah. but I mean, th- but they have they have mm-hmm. done that. They brought in people from outside the country and replaced right. the people in Canada. But and the system that was working and that mm-hmm. was a very healthy nation and that nation is going down the hill very quickly. I mean, they can't.
2: That is true. They
16: can't afford their own health but, care, which they used to laud it as being the best ever.
2: Right, but here's so, the I mean, other here's look there. here's the other part. Here's the other part, though. Sure. So, if you have these producers leaving, going to Florida, Texas, wherever, right. these these states are going to become increasingly, uh, you know, you know, insolvent, and so as a consequence, you're going to need federal dollars to continuously come into these states so that they can be maintained. And there's going to be a, there's going to be an interest in the red states to go along with it because they don't want to have their states changed. I mean well, this is going to come- we're we're on the losing end as, as taxpayers.
16: Yeah, I agree, but Brett it's gonna to come to a point where there's another article that was part of the substack article that I was reading because they're talking about Berkeley. But the thing is, is that it's soon going to be a matter of we're going to have 12 states in this country, and they are going to either be red or they're going to be blue, and they're going to, it's going to be divided along those lines because people are no longer going to be putting up with it. And uh, and this, the the fact is, it's going to be happening sooner than later, mm-hmm. and this election is going to very much determine what is going to happen that's with that interesting that's because we've got you know the the left is already pretty well geared themselves up to stealing whatever they can they've already decided they're going to do it we've got an incompetent man that's in the office um that is you know his uh, whoever his puppeteers are i have a feeling more of it is like victoria newland in that that oak um but we've got some very sick people that are running this country that really don't care about the United States. Well, okay,
2: that I agree with. But, but, but it's not even caring about the United States. It's caring, it's caring about the, the people of the United States. The United States is only an institution because of the people that it makes up. And the only reason why people are going to play ball in this regard is because they feel like there's a future. And what we have seen for the last 20, 25 years, easily 25 years, is a demoralization, a a concentrated attempt to demoralize the American people. Thanks so much, Mary. I appreciate you being out there. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. It is the Brett Witterbull Show. So, Breaking Brett Jensen is doing a show live tonight, right? He's doing a show live tonight over at the uh, cigar event. This is going to be really cool, and I've got a little birdie telling me that there's a big crowd over there. A large crowd has descended, and this is going to be awesome. And I'm, uh, I, I think it's this is mandatory listening all the way from uh, from now until what, they're going to go till nine. Is it nine? Until no, seven o'clock till nine. It, we have ten more minutes left, but. It's, uh, it's going to be a tremendous event and uh, love it. I love, uh, I love it for Brett Jensen. It's going to be amazing. Ultra-processed foods are linked to 32 different illnesses. Now, I, do you like ultra-processed foods? Like, you know, ultra-processed pr- foods can cause dozens of terrible health problems among people who eat them too often. A new review has warned. Researchers link diets high in ultra-processed foods to an increased risk of 32 separate illnesses. In particular, these foods are strongly tied to risk with early death, heart disease, cancer, mental health disorders, overweight and obesity, and type 2 diabetes. For example, ultra-processed foods associated, are associated with a 50% increased risk of heart-related death, a 48 to 53% increased risk of anxiety and common mental disorders, and a 12% risk of type 2 diabetes. Now, so what are we talking about here? Here's your ultra-processed foods. Packaged snacks, sugary drinks, instant noodles... Sweet cereals and ready to eat meals.
6: That is actually my entire diet. I was
2: going to say, it's just like everybody's like raising their hands, going guilty, 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 right? The products undergo multiple industrial processes to make them tasty and shelf stable and contain additives like emulsifiers. Coloring agents and chemical flavors.
6: I don't like the sound of emulsifiers.
2: Uh, I don't like any of what I'm seeing here, but it's like coloring agents and chemical flavors. <laughs> Excuse me. What would you like tonight? Would, would you would you like yourself some salmon and some rice pilaf?
6: Nah, can I get some emulsifiers and uh, food coloring? Please? Yeah,
2: yeah, and chemicals. I need some chemicals. I'm feeling like I'm a little low on the red dye number 5.
6: Can I get a little red dye number number 5 on the side please? Can I get some like red eye cup of it? Maybe?
2: Can I get some red eye gravy that actually has no gravy or any nutrition in it at all? Can I have a uh,
6: bowl of saturated fat please?
2: Here's what I'm looking for. I really if you could just get me some minute rice in in a bowl of RC Cola. I mean I'm I'm just trying to shoot that that energy level through my head, just wham. I mean, it's, I mean, but this is like crazy, right? I mean, think about this, because because look at what they're saying. It does, and I'm not. And look, I I'm I'm live and let live guy. Okay, I'm 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 a I'm a freedom believer, but it gives you mental health disorders. So, I I I I said this the other day. I said this off the air to you guys the other day. So when I went to Italy with my wife in the summer, we went with our WBT friends. Um, I left and I got back and I weighed exactly what I weighed when I left. I didn't put on any weight. And I'm eating pasta, drinking wine, eating all the, you know, d- desserts, all that sort of stuff. And I came back and I, I didn't move a pound. And I mean, it was like unbelievable. I'm like, oh, gosh, I'm going to have to really go cut, cut, the, cut, the, cut the weight. No, it was like I, I went out. I went out at the number. I came back at the number. At the number. And so it's because they don't like they have all these rules against the stuff. Like I imagine when people come here, like you're coming here on a food tour and they go, you know what I want? I want a giant box of Captain Crunch. Uh, I, I want to eat. I want to eat Ho-Ho's and uh, Zingers. And Little Debbie snack cakes and all that. And then uh, it's going to be my food tour. And then they probably go home and they're probably like, I can't get out of bed for a week. They laid us low.
6: You think they can taste the chemicals? Does it stand out to them?
2: I I mean, if this is all ultra-processed food, then the ultra-processed food is like, it's chemical. I mean, it is. Like, you think, I'm going to buy some uh, imitation lemon. Why am I buying imitate? Why don't I just buy a lemon, and squeeze? go oh, because because natural fruit doesn't taste as good as enhanced fruit.
6: You ever try to squeeze in a lemon? It's not easy. It's an effort. It's not that hard. It's it's not. You
2: put it you put it on the table and you roll it back and forth. You get it all kind of loosened up. You cut it open and then and then you fork it. You fork the lemon. You just go whoosh, and all the stuff comes out. And then your hands so, are sticky. For- then you wash your hands. Or you put on gloves, or you just like you just leave it kind of how it is. You suddenly you're, you have cat-like tactile natures. Unfortunately, uh, the ultra-processed foods now account for fifty-eight percent of total daily energy intake. Wow, that's unbelievable. I mean, I I, I, and I know you're driving around. You're like, go tell us about the politics. Well, there's there's politics behind this kind of stuff too, right? Highly processed foods can contain loads of sugar, salt, and fat, as well as other ingredients that can be harmful. I have to rethink what I'm going to eat from now on. But I do think if I had to, like if I had to change my diet 100%, I think I could exist. I, I really do. I could exist probably on a diet exclusively founded by beef jerky. Like beef jerky is something that you I, I I can I can go beef jerky all day all day every day if I have to. Beef jerky is uh, that is that's the nectar of the gods. I mean you think about it, and I'm not I'm not talking about like Slim Jim. I'm talking beef jerky. I, I turkey jerky no good. I'm not turkey jerking. Uh, I, I'm I'm going with the beef jerky. I could do that. Uh, you know protein is nice. I like protein. You know all that. I I don't need these emulsifiers. Emulsifiers feel like this is something you put in your hair. Put down that bucket of Crisco.
6: I, I, I can't... I don't want to consume anything I can't spell, and there's no chance of spelling emulsifiers. You know,
2: emulsifiers are... You know what? They, 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 they've been deploying them uh, around the world. The emulsification of, of this, the emulsification of that. No, it's actually... I, I'm, I'm not... I, I don't even know what they look like. Um, but I imagine... Clearly, they must be delicious because they're in so much food. On my way home, I gotta make a stop. Uh, I gotta stop at the Pop Tart Tree. I get the Pop Tart Tree. All right, coming up next, we got Breaking with Brett Jensen. He's got a special show he's got coming up. He's at the cigar uh, place. It's gonna be amazing. Thank you, of course, to my producer here this last hour Isaac, TJ, Anna. Pam, and each and every one of you check out my trip we're going on the Danube tourwithbrett.com we'll talk to you tomorrow on Friday News Talk 11 10 99 3 WBG.